Welcome to YFS Radio. It's Sunday the 3rd of May and we're going to be bringing you live coverage of both the under-21s and under-16s finals of the Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup at Airdrie Excelsior Stadium. I'm Camilla Tate and I'll be presenting the coverage today on YFS Radio on the first of three weekends of the SYFA Cup finals. We're going to be providing live commentary as well as analysis from our top pundits throughout the day. The first match is... Uh, the under-21s and it's Harmony Row versus St Peter's Juveniles Gifnick North. The second match is under-16s Hutchison Vale against Spartans Reds FC. Uh, Spartans are currently unbeaten in their league and both of them have had quite a good run in this tournament. But uh, we'll look at them later and we'll first look at the first match of the day which is starting at 11 o'clock and it's between um, Harmony Row and St. Ju- St Peter's Juveniles Gifnick North. So I'm joined by Callum Patterson and Stephen Mayer, who have both been looking at our teams ahead of the ahead of the finals. So Callum, I'll I'll start with you. Um, who have you been looking at? Uh, hello there. Good morning. Um, well, I've been having a little look at Harmony Row, and they've had an interesting run towards the final, and uh, not had really an easy game of it. Uh, with the, the buy in the first round, they beat Tynecastle one 0 against Harmony Row, a two 0 win away to Bonington Thistle, a two one two one win against Socky Juniors. Then in the quarterfinal stage, um, it was tight against St Mirren's one one at home, but they went away and won three one in a replay before a, a narrow two one win away at Antwine, which was a little bit of a surprise. But Harmony Row got good pedigree in this cup competition, and Kieran Blackwood with a goal 18 minutes from time, um, sealing the deal for Harmony Row, and they've made it to the final. So, um, not had an easy run to the final. So, but they, they've won five times in the last ten years, so they've got a pretty good record here. Do you think that's going to be in their favour? Oh, pedigree at this age level is certainly a, a thing which these players now at this age range will be looking on and looking at the, the predecessors. Um, so that it's in the blood, it's in this age group that, that, that they're winners, so I'm sure they'll... They might have a bit of added pressure as well, I suppose, because they know of the history in the last few years. And, and Stephen, you've obviously been looking at uh, St Peter's uh, Juveniles Gifnick North, it's quite a mouthful isn't it? <laughs> yeah it certainly is um, so Sapiers they got a bye in the first round, round 2 a comfortable 9-0 win away to Mulgai Boys Club round 3 a 5-3 win at home to Leaf Athletic, round 4 a 6-3 win at home to Tower Hearts, in the quarter final they managed a 2-2 draw away to Ross Vale Boys Club and then in the replay they edged a 1-0 win at home and then in the semi-final at Duncansfield Park, home of Kilsyth Rangers, they managed a 3-1 win against West Park United. And it's really interesting to see that both in, in both quarter-finals um, there had to be a replay for to, to even make it to the semi-finals. So I think, judging by that, you would expect this to be quite a tight game. Yeah, a very tight game. It's uh, interesting that's happened. Um, and Callum... They're in. Bo- they're both from the from the west. Um, they're they're in the same league. Have they met each other already this season? They have indeed. Hamro with a narrow victory. They're doing pretty well um, in that league. Uh, it was a tight game against St Peter's. So uh, there is that sort of history in there that they know how to beat them. Um, so it might make them like edge them as being slightly favourites uh, for this one. And uh, at Airdrie, as it is every year, it's pretty grim out there. Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, summer in waiting, it's sleet, it's a bit slippery, although it's a, a, obviously an artificial pitch, it might make it things a wee bit slippery with the rain, so still drizzling down at the moment, but there's there's a fair crowd coming as well from both sides, so um, 
what better entertainment can you have at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning? <laughs> exactly. And we do know that this surface is a little bit different. Um, so do you think that will play a big part in it today? Yeah, artificial surface. Uh, the ball might stick a wee bit. The rain's just just been down all day and it might make things a little tricky for intricate moves and that. Right, well, just now, they're they're both on the pitches, so I'm going to run through the team lines and who we've got playing today. Um, so for Harmony Row, first of all, uh, number one, Callum Easton. Two, Daniel McKinnon. Uh, three, Luke Whelan. Four, Stephen Greer. Five, Ian Patterson. Six, Scott Jackson. Seven, Mark Burbridge. Eight, Grant Bolton. Twelve, Stephen Young, who's going to be on the bench today. Uh, Ten, Cameron Haddo. Eleven, Ross McKinty. Nine, Kieran Blackwood. And then on the bench today as well, 16, Greg McBride, uh, 14, Grant Gaddy, 15, Gary Nugent, 17, Kyle Fitzpatrick. And, and then if we look at St. Peter's Juvenile's Gifnick North, uh, we've got number 10, Liam McGonagall, 4, Michael McDonald, 5, Christopher McFadden, 8, Jamie Cunningham, 15, Michael Murney, 9, Paul Hewitt, 3, Liam O'Kane, 7, Liam Christian, one Daniel McLean, twelve Martin Paul, who's on the bench today, as well as number six Daniel Burrell, five uh, number seventeen Neil McCallum, number nineteen Dean O'Donnell, number twenty Gordon Wine, and then we've also got number two Hal Bohm and uh, number eleven Anthony Quinn. I'm going to be passing over to the commentary team just now, Paul Elliott and Ryan Rowe, as the teams line up and are ready for kickoff. Thank you, Camilla. So you join myself, Ryan Rowe, alongside Paul Elliott here at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium for the Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup Finals 2015. Harmony Rowe versus St Peter's Juveniles Giffnock North. St Peter's Juveniles Giffnock North, they're a team that have had some success at the amateur stage of football. Perhaps looking to replicate that today, playing in all blue, Harmony playing in white and red, and they kick us off a team with five out of ten Scottish Cup finals at one in the last ten years. So, Paul, just looking for the first start of the game, ball's out of play already. A scrappy game, are we thinking today? Well, it could well be. It's a, it's a cup final. Cup finals can go uh, any number of way. Scrappy, we've seen many times here before. Um, it could also be one of these kind of high-flying goal-scoring games that we've seen here as well. 21s is always uh, a very, very good final. It's always one of the better finals because uh, these guys are quite close to the adult game. Um, so I think we'll find out fairly early on what kind of game we're going to get. Conditions might play a part. Yes, we've seen a lot of aerial balls, battles around the midfield here. The ball has went uh, from one end to another. The keepers certainly exercising their leg strength early on. It's a throw-in for Harmony Row, just on the halfway line. Falls to the feet of number nine, Kieran Blackwood, trying to find some space in the middle of the park. Unfortunately, gives the ball away. Now with number seven, Liam Crichton, trying to battle his way through the middle of the park. But again, possession's given up. Good pressing, though, just outside the centre circle by St Peter's Giffnock. And they managed to win the ball back and still have it here. Just advancing over to the right-hand side. Look for the overlap for the right-back there. That was the number two. Hal Baum, he one of the oldest players on the park today, so unfortunately does go out for a throw-in to Hamaru on the left-hand side. So you are listening live to uninterrupted coverage of YFS Radio, youthfootballscotland.co.uk. If you want to go on side, you can see the website for match reports and highlights later on, as well as winners' articles with the victorious teams. So do be sure to get yourself onto the website later on today. In terms of Facebook, Youth Football Scotland is the term you want to search, and on Twitter, at YFST. You can also follow the updates on the YFS Radio Twitter itself. Callum Patterson, one of our specialist pundits, will be updating that throughout the day 
at YFS Radio for that specific Twitter is there's a ball flicked into the box from a free kick by St Peter's Gifnock and a shot from the outside of the box unfortunately hits one of the teammates and Hamiro are now on the break looking for Blackwood but it seems he's going to let the ball run here for the winger number 7 finds the Mark Burtridge but it's going to go out for a throw in there still down as the St Peter's forward there, a rather an unfortunate incident, shall we say, not quite taking one for the team. <laughs> not taking one for the team, I think um, he'll be, he won't be thanking his teammate for that one or on. He, he took a, let's say a sore one, um, a kick of his own teammate and he's down, looking a wee bit worse for wear, but um, I'm, I'm sure he'll pay him back later on. Yep, certainly. So we must say that this is a very highly anticipated game, a West of Scotland derby. Harmony Row and Beers Giffnock both in the same league. Fifth and seventh places they occupy respectively. Harmony Row two places ahead in fifth. Previous game finished a 1-0 victory for St Peter's. Whether that will be the replication today, we're unsure. Two very goal-worthy roads to the final. Harmony Row beating Tynecastle, Bonneton, Sockey, St Mirren and Antonine on their road to the final, whereas St Peter's beat Mulgai, Leith Athletic, Tower Hearts, who are of course near the top of the league, as well as Rossville and West Park United. Trying to get the breakaway again, St Peter's, but cut out by Harmony Row, another long ball goes down the right-hand side, searching for the strikers, but it's cut out again by St Peter's, who are now advancing down the left, cut out though by the centre-half Ian Patterson, formerly of Bonnet and Thistle and of Golden Hill as well. He's a, he's a veteran of three Scottish Cup finals. Now for that, at the back, at Harmony Row, it's going to pay dividends, hopefully you would think. Oh yeah, definitely. We've seen it in the past, there's been players who have played in this uh, level already and it always shines through. So an unorthodox cross come shot there from the number 10 for St Peter's. That was Liam McGonagall from the left-hand side there with a whipped cross from the about 35-yard range looking for players in the centre of the box ended up drifting towards the hands of Callum Easton in the Harmony Row goal. His, his goal kick from his hands ends up going out for a throw-in off a St Peter's head. So Hamiro will have the ball on the left-hand side for a throw-in just around the halfway line. We can see directly ahead of us is Hamiro shoot from left to right. The Scottish Youth Football Association's banner. So this is, of course, the SYFA Scottish Youth Cup Finals. Uh, for the last since 2002 they have been held at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium and they've been providing some fantastic spectacles over the years hopefully this one can replicate the exact same Harmony Row moving the ball with purpose now to the right hand side and it's number 7 Mark Buttridge that cuts inside jinx past his man once more still has possession here advancing towards the box touch evades them though but he manages to win the throw and holds his hands up there nice piece of work though from Butch. that's a couple of times he's got free on the right hand side yeah he looks like he's a good player he's got good touch twisting and turning on the wing uh, couldn't get away from his man but uh, he looks like it could be a, a good outlet for Harmony Row today. And he does so again, manages to turn his man on the edge of the box, goes for the left foot cross, falls to Blackwood, trying to get the shot away, moves it back to the outside of the box, number eight moves it wide to the left-hand side now, battling away is number 11, Ross McIntyre. He loses out though and decides to get, give up the free kick, slow the game down and prevent the break from St Peter's. With the ball in the middle of the middle third of the part now, give the ball away, but eventually it's cut out by Hamero only to go back out for a throw-in. So... So not been a lot of strong uh, passes strung together here in the opening five minutes. A lot of um, tippy-tappy football, not quite having a desired effect. St Peter's still with the ball on the right-hand side here, looking for the searching ball down the right-hand side, ends up going all the way down to the throat of the keeper. He'll pick it up, Callum Easton, 
decides to hold it in his hands and he'll look, you imagine, for the short pass. Does so and it's now with Patterson just at the edge of his own box. Plays it back across the middle of the park here and the defence now advance out from the own area. Looking towards the halfway line now with a searching ball again down that right-hand side. Not coming off that time though. Number 10 advancing over there, Cameron Haddle. And indeed, looking at Hamino, they are the more experienced side, a lot more uh, age in, in their side than the St Peter's side, certainly a younger side. St Peter's do have the youngest player on the park today in Michael McDonald. He is, of course, the number four, playing at left uh, centre-half, sorry, left centre-half. Hamino lose the ball, well, lose possession of the ball in the middle of the park, and St Peter's try to move it to the centre circle, but it's given up. But they lose it again once more to St Peter's, Cleared away by Patterson with a sliding tackle. They're the first one we've seen of them in the Astrograss surface today. Nice to see though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure we'll see many, many more as the, as the game goes on. Uh, I would say Harmony Row look kind of more settled so far in the early stage. They seem to be uh, the camera of the two teams, trying to play some football. Not that much great football yet, but Harmony Row, I would say, have started slightly better. Yes, perhaps that experience for Hamnero paying off. St Peter's though looking quite good on the break here through the middle. Just as we say that, the ball is cut out by the left-back for Hamnero. Luke Whelan tries to move the ball up the left-hand side, wins another throw-in on that left wing around the halfway line too for Hamnero, of course. And their famous red and white kit as they move the ball into the centre of the pitch looking for Blackwood to try to turn his man does so successfully it's now with the number 11 McEntee cuts inside now trying to get past his man but that's a good challenge there from the number 12 is it for how, is it first and Beaters? Not quite sure. They just didn't quite make it yeah, out. My apologies. So we move back now to the centre half for Harmony Row. They move it to the right hand side now, just 20 yards inside their own half. Move it back to Butridge, who skips past his man superbly there. Tries to go for. And number 10, Cameron Hadu flicks it back out to the right back there. Not quite get the legs to get on the end of that one, does Daniel McKinnon. So again there, we're seeing Buttridge used as the outlet for Harmony Row. Doesn't quite come off that time, but we'll maybe see the team in red and white look to push St. Peter's in and ha hem them in their own half here with a throw in deep inside their own half. Yeah, I can imagine. So we can see that the formation is, I think, uh, uh, Harmony Row are looking slightly more positive, committing more players forward. Uh, St Peter's really only been playing with one up so far and I think that's kind of why they've not really been penetrating too much in the final third Harmony Row looking more likely in the early stages Blackwood has the ball just near the touchline here goes for the high looping cross easily scooped up though in the air by Daniel McLean he holds it and plays the ball quickly out to the right back who's advancing down the line here trying to look inside perhaps for a pass looks over for the crossfield ball cut out though very easily by the number eight, Grant Bolton, moving the ball to the left-hand side, cut out once again, and St Peter's come away with the ball in the middle of the park, trying to find on the right-hand side there, the winger, number 11, Anthony Quinn, pass from Liam Crichton, just two or three yards in front of him though, and Hamiro once again have a throw-in on this left-hand side. Players fairly static at this moment in the game as we are Barely 10 minutes into this match, still quite tentative openings, but as Paul has said, Hamnero do look the more settled side, certainly at the, at, at, at the back as well, do seem a bit more comfortable on the ball, have the ball in the right back position just now, trying to move down the line, but the number two, Daniel McKinnon, has been swiped there, and he'll be pulled back here, trying to take the free kick when the ball's still rolling, so they do so again, trying to get away with that one, number, that was the captain there, Grant Bolton. Trying to get away with the quick free kick. Not going to come off, so they're going to have to pull it back there for Daniel McKinnon to take just five yards short of the halfway line and about five yards in from the sideline too. Decides to look short, perhaps. Does so, finds Haddle. 
Handle with the back to goal, tries to turn towards goal, faced up well by Crichton however, Crichton loses the second ball, Handle tries to find Blackwood there with a difficult pass between the centre half and full back and he gets it back out on the right hand side here, hugging the touchline is Buttridge, Buttridge now gets past his man once again, right down to the touchline, cuts it back, Blackwood lets it run, just cleared away, only half so by St Peter's and again Hamnero looking to pick up this second ball but they eventually get the ball cleared though, that's the first time we've really seen a team threatening the box but some fairly decent last ditch defending by St Peter's yeah looking from Burbridge here some good invention on the right hand side getting to the byline cutting it back um, good interception by the defence managed to get the ball clear but you can see that Hamner Rowe is starting to smell a bit of blood here coming forward, especially down that right-hand side. Unfortunate pass there from McKinnon. Got the ball back from the throne on the right-hand side from Blackwood. And indeed, the two are gesturing there. He's saying to McKinnon that he had time to take two touches. It looks like he was holding up two fingers there. Not in a rude way, must, must add. <laughs> to tell him just to take a touch and play the pass. Tried to play the first-time ball. Ends up going out for, for a throw-in to St Peter's on this left-hand side with the number three, Liam O'Kane. Tries to go down the line, finds the flick on. Now they've got it in the middle of the pack. Crichton looking for a ball over the top to get Liam McGonagall in behind, but it's going to be scooped up again by Patterson. But he does concede the corner there. A bit of a, bit of a slack, lackadaisical touch there from the big centre-half. Yeah, I think he took his eye off the ball there, thinking too much about getting up that right-hand side and just really heavy touches. Not a kind of gift you want to be given in the Scottish Cup final. It's a really good chance now for St Peter's from the corner. So St Peter's have alleviated some of the early pressure Hamnero were exerting down this right-hand side. Now from the left-hand side, they'll have the corner. It's going to be McGonagall's left foot. He swings it in towards the penalty area and it's flicked on towards the front post there and then flicked to the back post area just near the edge of the six-yard box. It looks as though he's went in for another corner. Just couldn't get quite enough connection there. Yeah, I think he just misjudged the, the way the ball came into the box. So. Um, you can see what he was trying to do, just trying to flick it into the corner, but he waited and the ball didn't come to him and he just kind of seemed to fall over slightly as, as it came to him eventually, but chance missed I would say. So McGonagall with the left foot again, this time it would be an in-swinger, perhaps look to trouble the keeper. He does get it in towards the front post, but there's the cardinal sin of corner kicks, not beating the man at the front post. So Hamnero now have the chance to break. Blackwood going down the middle of the park, claims for a free kick there, looks as though he was just muscled off the ball simply, and the ball's now back at the feet of the goalkeeper. Daniel McLean moves out to the right-hand side. St Peter's building some nice play through the right-hand side as well. Both teams enjoying play on both of the right hand sides McKinnon cuts a, cuts a long pass out there from the centre of the circle from Liam Crichton and again Hamero playing some nice football around the edge of the box maybe don't want to try and play too much in this early stage of the game nice feet there from Haddo in the centre of the park and he's going to look once again for Buttridge Buttridge makes the angle down the right hand side cut out well there by Liam O'Kane who's certainly going to need to make sure he's on his game a couple of interceptions he's had in the, next, in the last couple of minutes Buttridge looks on his game and indeed so does his strike uh, teammate Blackwood who moved the ball inside there and it's a long shot coming rippling through players there that was the number six Scott Jackson Blackwood moved the ball inside there to Bolton the layoff to Jackson didn't quite catch it right simply no it was worth the effort though but as you were saying I'm really enjoying watching this combination between Haddo and Buttridge down the right hand side those two look really good players they know each other's game linking up fairly well uh, both got really good good feet so it could be an exciting uh, approach down this right hand side for Harmony Rowe Yes, it does almost look like a 4-5-1 in defence for Hamnero, but in attack it looks definitely like a 4-3-3. Haddo supporting Buttridge, Blackwood, and on the left-hand side, McEntee, who hasn't seen as much of the ball as his comrades on the right-hand side of the pitch, if you like. It will go out for another throw-in here on the right-hand side for St Peter's, just outside the edge of the box area for 
Harmony Rose. This will be a difficult one for them to defend if they have any long throw specialists. We'll see if Hal Bomb, who has the throw, who has the ball in his hand, he indeed signals to the number 11, Anthony Quinn, that the short throw is not going to be on. This time, Anthony Quinn shows again, pulls McIntyre's opposite number out away from the edge of the box. Look as though they could be going long here. They do have the likes of the number 9, Paul Hewitt, in the box, and he goes for the flick on. Only half cleared by Harmony Rowe, back in towards the box, comes back out to the edge and hoofed away by Harmony Rowe at the end there. Not the best defending we've seen from the aerial ball there so we could perhaps see St Peter's look to exploit that indeed from corners and throw-ins and maybe even crosses from open play some nice football again from St Peter's but that's a lovely challenge again from Ham Nero the Speeders player is down looks as though the ball was taken very cleanly to me still down as St Peter's advance they'll not want to put the ball out just now lovely cut inside onto the left foot goes for the seemed like a chipped shot there looking for something to try and catch out the goalkeeper but not the best of connections again from uh, St. Peter's. That's two shots in the last two minutes that haven't been the best of connections. Again, just snapping at them. Yeah, I think he was just caught in two minds. I seen the player peeling off at the far post, thinking about putting it in on his head, but at the same time, keeper was a wee bit off his line. Keeper, maybe not the tallest either. He could be one you could catch off his line. Um, and he just didn't make up his, his mind quick enough and put it way, way over the bar. So it's a long kick from the goalkeeper down the right hand side St Peter's though win the first and the second ball they have lost the throw in though much to their fans displeasure on the right hand side it was another chance for them to sustain some pressure there it was McGonagall that had that earlier shot for St Peter's he's kind of been the be all do all man for St Peter's so far he's been taking the corner kicks as well so we'll see if he can be the man that unlocks this Harmony Row defence that does feature some very experienced players and indeed they have another throw in here on the right hand side Harmony Row Liam O'Kane slaps his hands there in frustration, giving up another uh, free movement to Burtridge, who again manages to evade his marker. And there's a cr real crunching tackle there from McGonagall. Brings the ball down in the middle of the park, looks to try and dribble his way through before searching for the number 11 out on the wide right-hand side for Anthony Quinn. Can't quite find him, though, and eventually it'll end up with Hamner comfortably in possession in their own half. Burtridge again looking to turn O'Kane instead lays it off to Haddle. Haddle tries to go for Blackwood down the right-hand side there from his own half, just inside his own half. Blackwood just looking down the line again, looking to advance towards the edge of the box. Doesn't quite come off, though. And it'll be flicked on by Burtridge in towards Haddle now, the centre of the park in the middle third. Looks there for McIntyre offside, game will play on. And now we have the ball with Michael McDonald. A little bit of hesitation there, that's what we've not seen from Ham. The Rose back four does eventually get it wide to Bomb, and Bomb will look down the line here. Cut out well though by the Ham the Row midfield. Tries to move it to the outside again, once again with Blackwood. Blackwood rolls the ball over with the sole of his foot and finds Haddle just outside the centre circle. Goes back to the centre halves. Looks now perhaps for Burtridge who's found space again on this right-hand side. The look though for McIntyre who's cut inside. Finds Jackson and now it's played through to Haddle who's offside there. But interested to see that one played back. He scuffs the shot that he decided to take. But we've seen that's the first time that St. Peter's have been cut open through the middle. And again, it's coming from the likes of Haddo, Jackson, McAtee and, ha and Blackwood. Yeah, good combinations there. Managed to open up defence. Um, the, the run just wasn't timed properly. Um, if it had been, then it had been one-on-one. -on -one and it could have been 1-0 to Harmony Row. But uh, St. Peter's coming back into this game now. They're much more competitive, getting themselves further up the park and, and fighting for every ball. So we're seen quite a good game develop here. Yes, and it's flicked on by the number seven, Crichton. Can't be picked up, though, and McGonagall, who's drifted deep, tried to pick up the ball in the centre circle. It's now with Burtridge here again on this right-hand side. Invite and Vadsies into the St Peter's half, and Blackwood comes in there with a very strong tackle as the pass was a couple of yards off. Can't quite get possession of the ball, and the ball's now back with McLean inside his own six-yard box. Looks to 
get the ball to McGonagall's feet, he's in space, decides to hold on to alleviate the pressure slightly, takes the ball to the edge of his box, Blackwood deciding not to press, now looking long, goes high and searching at the halfway line, gets the flick on, comes back off McKinnon though and back into St Peter's possession, McGonagall again trying to go inside Haddo, his opposite number, the number 10, but it's Bolton that cuts out eventually, looking for Blackwood over the top there, cut out by McDonald, finds Crichton now in the centre of the park, with St Peter still having good possession here. Baum clear on the right-hand side and he finds him. Just advancing over the opponent's half now. Gives it back inside to the number eight, Jamie Cunningham. Cunningham looks now for Hewitt. Hewitt takes the first touch. Manages to find the number 15, Michael Murray. Michael Murray cuts inside. It's taken a deflection. Keeper will just keep it in, we see. Yeah, he'll just keep it in. Looks as though he will keep it in and move it quickly to the left-hand side now. Hamero advancing down into their opponent's half now with very much pace on the ball but it's a poor pass they're looking for McIntyre who's not had the same sort of joy as Burtridge on this right No he hasn't, um, the shot wasn't really on for St Peter's there up the other end, you could see they were working something well down that left hand side but I think they could have held on to it a wee bit longer, been a wee bit more creative rather than having the dig and that allowed Harmony Row to break but um, as we've seen they didn't make the most of it missed time in the pass, missed time in the run uh, and the ball just going easily through to the goalkeeper so Bolton there, the captain for Hamley Row, tries to find his midfield partner Scott Jackson, gets him eventually, Haddo now tackle from behind and it's won by McGonagall eventually from the second ball, Crichton goes for the next one, Jackson gets the tackle in again and that's another scything challenge from Jackson, he's mm. going to be given a foul for that, perhaps maybe jumping in studs up, he did win the ball. Uh, it looked fine to me, I thought it was just a really good challenge in the middle of the park, he picked himself up after the first one, won the second one again, but referee gave St Peter's benefit of the doubt, gives him a chance to launch a ball into the box, we've seen Harmony Row already and a wee bit kind of shaky with the high ball so let's see how this one goes. Maybe just trying to stamp his authority on the game, the referee, maybe so it doesn't get out of hand. They go long into the back of the box but it's cut out at the front of the area by the centre half, once again number four, Stephen Greer who's looked very competent for Harmony Row so far on the ball and indeed looking good in the air as well. So it's with Quinn now on the right-hand side, looks to take the quick throw in, will end up leaving it for Baum, who once again might go long, McGonagall's in the box, as is Crichton and Hewitt, decide though to go back to the centre-halves, who'll cut inside now, number five, Christopher McFadgen goes for the shot, and it sims across the front post there, Crichton coming in late, looks as though he's caught the keeper, so it was the centre-half McFadgen there, cutting inside, hitting the shot, almost scoring. Well, that was brilliant, uh, the player coming in the far post, read the game really, really well, Slid, slid in the far post just to try and knock it into the back and it couldn't make it but um, probably the best moment of the match so far I would say some some good play there by St Peter's Liam Crichton almost getting his name on the score sheet there as we advance over the advance towards the 15-20 minute mark in this game once again it'll be another free kick for Harmony Row you're listening of course to live and exclusive commentary on YFS Radio here Youth Football Scotland that you can get onto the website youthfootballscotland.co.uk get all the coverage you need from the Transworld Soccer Scottish Youth Cup Finals as Burtridge has managed to evade McDonald advances towards the box cuts it towards the back post again and Blackwood has scored he's taken one for the team in the process fantastic piece of work there down the right hand side by Burtridge and Blackwood puts his body on the line for the team suggestions of offside totally waved away one Harmony Row. Brilliant goal there by Harmony Row. Great play down the right hand side by Burridge again. Getting to the byline, cutting it across, and there's your striker at the far post just to knock it into the back of the net. He's gone into the post and hurt himself, but he was going to take that any day of the week for a Scottish Cup final goal. So it looks as though they're inviting the coaching first aid staff on to see to Blackwood. This is a very distressing situation. He went down writhing in pain. No suggestion of a celebration whatsoever. Still writhing in pain here. 
perhaps exactly what Hamrero would like. Now they've got the goal and St. Peter's, who maybe want to get a goal back straight away, won't be able to do that because they'll have to wait for this stoppage in play. No, they won't want to lose Blackwood either because he's such a an important player for them. He's scored a lot of goals this season and uh, previous seasons as well. He's looking like he's kind of worse for wear, so hopefully for Hamrero's sake they can continue. I can see his substitute actually getting ready. So it does look as though certainly if Blackwood can't continue, they will not want to play any significant portion of this match with 10 men hoping to see if he comes back on. We'll see if Blackwood is able to continue. Hamero players certainly discussing what might be the alternative option for them. And it looks as though we have number 12 getting stripped. That's Stephen Young. Again, another experienced player here in Scottish Cup finals at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium. But Ridge talking with the coaching staff of Harmony Row, who of course sit fifth in the league. They have tasted defeat at the hands of St. Peter's before. 1-0 in the league encounter. Both of these teams well out of the running for the league. Both of them over 15 points behind the leaders in Tower Heart. So it really looks as though the Scottish Cup is the last chance for them to get any form of silverware and in a rather sad turn of events it looks as though if there is going to be any silverware for Harmony Row, Kieran Blackwood is going to play no further part in it. Well the substitution has been made, Stephen Young's about to come on uh, Blackwood's just been poleaxed right since uh, sliding into the post, uh, almost a pun there but um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's done game over for Blackwood which is a shame The stretcher is out for Blackwood here, he's lying just at the side of the goalpost on to our right hand side as Harmony Row attack left to right. Stephen Young certainly looks like a physical presence coming off the bench. Kieran Blackwood a much more technical player should we say ball at his feet was getting a lot of runs done in that final third round of applause ripples around the, the stand in front of us for Kieran Blackwood who has done a lot in this opening 20 minutes for his team Done a, he's, been, he's been pivotal in the goal as well to ensure that it didn't go past the post sliding in at the back post putting his body on the line but he has as you say Paul he's been poleaxed and Stephen Young looks as though he's going to be the man to come on and try and replace that threat that Blackwood has had but just looking at Young as he warms up he looks a different type of threat yeah he's he's quite a muscular guy he looks like he's going to be able to put himself about in there um, he's, he's looking up for it as well um, I'd say Blackwood's got more height on him he's probably more of an aerial threat but um, young coming on, I think he's going to definitely put himself about in there and see if he can get himself in the score sheet as well. Um, Blackwood, I've seen him a few times down the years actually, he's a very, very good player. He's, he's one that are, uh, losing him is not a good thing for Harmony at all. He's scored a lot of goals for him down the years. Yep, they're still wheeling the stretcher out here, so it does. This this maybe could be a serious problem for Kieran Blackwood. So we must say that we do wish him a speedy recovery, and I'm sure everyone involved in the Transworld Soccer SYFA Cup Finals will wish him the same. Stretcher is out. Does look as though the paramedics and an ambulance could be on its way. If we're to try and speculate, Paul, he's crashed into that post at some pace. It could just be it could be a, a very nasty break or something. Yeah, I, I thought it was his knee that came off the post, but he's. I think he's been holding his stomach, so I don't know whether maybe he's, he's hit his ribs off it or something like that. And uh, it's definitely a nasty one anyway. But he's got he's, he went into the post at some speed and slippy surface as well. You know he's, he's not he's not really moved very much at all since he scored the goal. So it's not looking good for him. But let's hope he's all right. So he has been wheeled off to the exit of the stadium, and you'll probably hear another ripple of applause as he comes in front of the stand 
unless they decide to take him out on alternative exit. So St Peter's, after that goal, indeed, another good three, four minutes after that goal, do decide to go for the attack straight away. Anthony Quinn down the right-hand side. Can he get on to McGonagall's pass? No, he can't. It'll be a throw-in, though, for Harmony Row. Again, St Peter's push up straight away. Crichton and the likes of Jamie Cunningham pushing the team right up. They've managed to pull Haddo in deep as well, so they will look to try and hem them in in their own half. Looking for Young there again, trying to use his muscular presence there, but he does lose out to the defence. Gets the second ball and outs with McIntyre. Cuts inside onto his right foot. Tries to skip back to the outside to bomb. Cuts back to the inside and the outside. Once again, lovely piece of trickery there from McIntyre. Some nice footwork there. So now, of course, with the lack of pace from Blackwood, they might look to get the ball to McIntyre more. Looks like he's good with the feet. Yeah, yeah, there's a few players in that team that are quite good with their feet. Uh, most of it we've seen down the right uh, so far, but we can see they've got it on the left as well. Um, there's so many options for Harmony Road down the, the channels, and let's see if they can exploit it even further. Young now looking to turn his man in the air, just inside the box. Pit dispossessed, however, by the centre-halves, Michael McDonald and, pardon me, the Mike, Mike, Michael Murney there, who were back defending, both shuffling him out away from danger and then making the tackle another long ball from Patterson looking for Burtridge but it's going to be cut out by O'Kane the header goes wide to the right hand side wide to the left hand side rather to Michael Murley looking to get forward now on that left hand side St Peter's with the ball another str str strong challenge there from Jackson claims that he played the ball off of Hewitt the, an another physical striker up at the other end for St Peter's so we now do have two physicals Hewitt certainly does look as though he has a height advantage over Young so that physical presence could be used for both sides now as they look to advance to the centre forwards Pado though has the ball in that sort of deep lying forward position tries to go for Young over the top McDonald almost strips again there again it was uh, it was Burtridge who was able to take advantage of McGonagall's slip sorry of McDonald's slip and it's managed to find the way to McIntyre as a long diagonal ball finds the left winger on this side just outside the box cuts it back inside to Haddo tries to find the advancing Jackson through the middle there just a nice tight through ball can't get it to come off and eventually they do clear St Peter's comes back to the middle of the park Buttridge takes it down here on the right hand side gives it back to McKinnon McKinnon has Buttridge with him looks to go for the 1-2 advances beyond him Buttridge tries to cut inside again dispossessed by the midfield and Harmony and St Peter's will have to settle for the throw-in though as McKinnon presses well. So St Peter's they're going to need to get a goal soon. Where do we see it coming from? I think it's going to be from a high ball. I think um, the up front they've, they've got a bit of height, they've got a bit of strength, a bit of a height advantage. Uh, and whenever we've seen them put something high into the box, they do seem to cause problems. Um, maybe we could be talking about a set piece. They, s they don't seem the quickest down the flank, so that's probably the worry for them so it might be something like a set piece into the box or maybe a long range effort nice turn from Hewitt there manages to find McGoggle just outside the box with a left footed cross towards Quinn it's going to fall to Hewitt on the edge of the box goes for the half volley and he doesn't catch that well at all if he'd managed to get a, a better connection on that we could have seen something rocket into the top corner yeah there. I think we've seen headlines there he had a great opportunity just to fly, fly one into the top corner it, was, it seemed on the keeper was kind of wee bit over to the side but didn't catch it right at all and it just bounced wide um, a bit of a shame really so we'll go kick for Harmony Row going to go high and down the middle of the pitch looking for the physical presence of Young does win the header it manages to come to McKinnon will he be able to keep it in he does just and find, try, tries to find Buttridge down that right hand side he'll settle for the throw in though looks to go quickly to Young but instead he'll try and find Haddo doesn't come off though quick enough despite the movement from Haddo there gestures to his Teammate to try and play it quicker, so we we'll give it back to McKinnon, who looked to go for Young this time into his chest. Manages to turn away from his man and finds a pass now to the centre half of feet of Greer. Looks for his partner, 
Patterson. Patterson goes to the right, Matt McKinnon, now it's in the centre of the park with Bolton, Bolton looks for that curling ball down the right hand side, manages to find a great pass for Burtridge, he'll get his foot round the ball, cross it towards the back post, McEntee's in there, cleared away eventually by McDonald and then by the midfielder, the number eight, Jamie Cunningham, but only as far as Scott Jackson, who now finds McEntee, once again getting on the ball more, tries to go for the nutmeg, still on the edge of St Peter's box, now t advancing towards the byline was McEntee, really struggling now with this back line of St Peter's ball. Yeah, the movement is really good from Parmy Road. Lots of pace, getting down to the, the, the wide um, bylines and getting balls into the box. You can see another goal coming, actually. I think that the way they're stretching out the, the back line is, is very, very good. And they're a wee bit of last gasp defending going on at times as well as Harmony Row are applying the pressure. And once again, we see a long searching ball, really, for a helpless and hapless Hewitt with Crichton humping the ball away from his own half, and it certainly just gives the possession straight back to Harmony Row, and we know they've been comfortable with the ball at the centre-half position, and as we say that, <laughs> commentators curse, Patterson gives it away. It's now with Crichton in the centre of the park, finds Burnley here on the left-hand side, gets the nutmeg, and now he's got the chance to cross the ball with his left foot, and he'll eventually win the corner, or the throw-in, so it, the <laughs> commentators curse strikes again. Harmony Row have been comfortable with the ball, at their feet at centre half positions but there again that's the second time we've seen Ian Patterson be a bit lackadaisical yeah a wee bit sloppy there but you have to say his, his uh, teammates bailed him out three men round the ball there just to um, squeeze out any opportunity of a cross it was really good defending by Harnero lots of really good work rate going on because there was a chance he had to get the ball into the box for maybe the big man Hewitt so we have the ball on the left hand side around five yards short of the of, of the byline for St Peter's it goes for the overhead kick from McGonagall finds Crichton in the middle of the box tried to get a neat little flick on there in the sort of the penalty spot area can't make the connection he was hoping for but it's now with McDonald for St Peter's with an odd pass from the centre circle and it will be picked up by Harmony Row here just inside their own half and they move it to the right hand side and Bolton wins a good tackle there on the 55th with O'Kane and Young looks for the crossfield pass there to McEntee might fall for him at the second chance but Burtridge has made a great run down space there, exploiting the gap left in behind by O'Kane. If Young had looked both ways there, they could have made in that right-hand side again. Yeah, he made the wrong, the wrong decision there, wasn't he? He went for the World Cup pass over the top, trying to create a goal, but Burridge was away down that right-hand side and he could have switched it across to the far post. So, a bit of a, a bad decision there. Perhaps that's the downfall of coming on as a substitute, not quite aware of the game flow so far. Haddo is the one standing over the resulting free kick around 35 yards from goal. He's going to go for goal and he's going to dip late but it's not going to dip early enough. So dip too late there for Haddo, the red-haired man who's playing in that sort of deep sorry, that sort of attacking midfield position lying deep behind the likes of Stephen Young, McEntee and Mark Burtridge. Looking at the, 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 the defence for Harmony Row. It looks as though they've mixed it between little and large. Greer, the centre half number four, does does seem to be on the on the smaller side, as does the left back number three, Luke Whelan. But McKinnon and Patterson both seem to be taller, and it looks as though the two taller players are playing on the right hand side of defence. Wonder if that's a tactical thing, or if that's something that perhaps the Beatles can exploit that left hand side of defence. It could well be. Maybe they're wanting to double up on Hewitt because he is a big guy. Uh, Greer, you can see he's probably the most comfortable with the ball at his feet. He plays the passes around very well, looks looks very composed. So he's probably in there to build from the back. Uh, St Peter's usually play one up front. so They've done that again here, building from the back, and they almost were able to find McEntee there, just 15 yards short of the byline with a great position to cut it back to Jackson or Young. But again, 
Greer building the ball from the back well, but it's broken to Bolton here, who's advancing towards goal, marauding his way through three or four St. Peter's midfielders and defenders there. Can't, though, get the eventual shot away, but it does fall back to Ham their own. It's with Haddo, who has again dropped deep, manages to spin away from his man. He looks for McIntyre on the inside ball there, again splitting the centre half and the right back. Good attacking from Hamiro utilising the left side now. Yeah, Haddo's the best player in the park. You can see he's he gets the ball and he always makes something happen, picks out a pass, very composed on the ball. And you can see passes that other players can't seem to see. So he's a real danger. So Cunningham with the ball moving to the right-hand side to Quinn for St. Peter's. Cuts inside his man, manages to beat Jackson. Still going down the right-hand side, Quinn there, who's looked quite good when the ball's been at his feet. Looks as though he's taken a sore one to the chest there. It will be a throw-in to... St. Peter's on this right-hand side for them, just um, probably in line with the 18-yard box. Another long ball, perhaps, and again, the smaller side of defence might be where they exploit. It looks as though Patterson has decided to take Hewitt, and Greer looks as though he's on the other side of the big front man. Yeah, Greer looks like the spare man just now. He's probably just waiting for the ball to fall out so he can uh, play it out. Um, I think this is a chance for St. Peter's. They caused... A bit of trouble earlier on in the game with a long throw into the box. There was a wee bit of kind of last gasp clearances going on from Harmony Row, so let's see how this one pans out. Again, we have another stoppage in play, and the first aid team have came on, so it looks as though Quinn has taken some form of knock. He went down holding his chest, and he's been buckled over on his knees ever since this throw-in was given. Maybe the, the challenge that resulted in the throw-in was something we didn't see yeah, exactly. maybe, some, maybe not malice but maybe just a, a, a bit of beef in it it's actually off the park anyway so I don't understand why the, the trainer ran across the park but he's taking a knock anyway definitely so throw one does go towards Hewitt it's going to be won by Hewitt too flicked on towards Crichton he wins the second ball comes back out to McGonagall trying to juggle the ball and he goes for the volley th on the left foot does eventually go for the corner there didn't quite see the deflection but that would explain why it skyrocketed so high but another good throw in from St. Peter's yeah but I've seen it again there Harmony Road don't really like these high throw-ins into the box and they don't clear the ball as well as you maybe like them to uh, and it gives St Peter's a chance to get something on target although they've not done it yet but I think this is possibly their best route to go at the moment unless they can find some sort of creative flair in the final third of the game Once again it will be McGonagall who has taken duties of all the free kicks and corner kicks so far goes to the penalty spot again cleared away by Harmony Row and Young is there to pick up the second ball. Falls back, though, to Cunningham. Cunningham goes wide once again to McGonagall. Claiming for offside, not given, and it goes towards the front post. Keeper just clears with a punch, and Hamiro now have the chance to break with Young. Turns on the halfway line, manages to evade Cunningham. Goes for the pass, looking for Bertridge there, who's switched to the, the left-hand side. McEntee comes to this right-hand side. The linesman did have his flag up for offside, but it is an advantage played in favour of St. Peter's, who have the ball in the centre of the park just now, with their centre half. Moves it to McGonagall has some space here to open up touch back inside still has it on the left foot reluctant to use his right and eventually too much touches there and another player down it looks like Jackson has went down there from the late challenge from McGonagall St Peter still have the ball don't think they'll put it out but they'll let the ball run out so that is Scott Jackson that's down Fort Harmony Row McGonagall holding on to the ball too long overexerted himself in the cha challenge maybe just a nasty catch yeah I don't think there was anything there was any sort of malice in it it was just a, one of those not coming together, but he just kind of took a wee knock as he was clearing the ball away. Um, so it's uh, a decent wee bit of pressure there from St. Peter's. I think they're actually quite good round the edge of the box when they're piling the, the, the 
stronger guys into uh, the Harmony Road defence and Harmony Road do seem like they can be a wee bit last gasp if, when these kind of situations arise. So it is down for treatment again. We're, we're well over the half hour mark in this game but because of the amount of time we imagine will be added on for stoppage time. We could well see at least at least five minutes considering we've had Quinn down, we've had the goal and then the injury to Blackwood and this injury to Jackson. Uh, looks as though he's, it was getting treatment to again one uh, uh, definitely the leg perhaps the ankle or the knee still limping off slightly it looks as though it looks, it looks like his left leg the sock pulled down slightly so maybe that's where the spray's been sprayed on his yeah, knee it looks like he's already done 90 minutes doesn't he it does it looks like he has he has been doing a power of work in the middle of the park but he was the man that got, who of course did have the first shot on goal deflected though into the hands of McLean and the St Peter's goal and they'll give it back Harmony Row from the halfway line straight up into the throat of McLean good to see they didn't kick the ball out for a goal kick or anything they are just straight back into the keeper's hands nice piece of sportsmanship from the team leading 1-0 here in this Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup final live from Excelsior Stadium in Airdrie brought to you by Youth Football Scotland YFS Radio so you can find us on Twitter and you can also find Youth Football Scotland on Facebook by searching Youth Football Scotland you can also go onto the website youthfootballscotland.co.uk Paul wide there looking for McEntee can't take the ball down with the outside of his boot have to settle for keeping St Peter's in on the throw in it'll be with O'Kane who looks as though he hasn't been troubled as much by McEntee since he's moved to the right hand side Harmony Row we're enjoying more joy in, and more and more uh, success down the left-hand side over the last five minutes. Burtridge, maybe that's why they've moved them out to the left to get him more on the ball. Ball goes down the left looking for Hugh, who does win the flick on his one. Every flick on that's been directed at him, but no one's been there to pick up the second ball from the throw-ins from the left-hand side down the line, but the couple of ones that have been from the long throws towards the box, there have been the flick-ons won by St. Peter, so that could be the look, the avenue they look to exploit. The avenue... Harmony Row are looking to exploit it on the left-hand side once again. That's a lovely searching ball for Hado. Just gets in front of the goalkeeper, but his touch was almost too good. He stopped the ball dead in its tracks, and the goalkeeper, McLean, was able to wrap the one up. But what a lovely pass from Luke Whelan. That was a superb bit of creativity there. Playing the ball, and nobody really seen that ball. I didn't see that one coming, but the, the run was absolutely fantastic as well. And as you said, the, the touch was just a wee bit too true, and he left the ball behind him as he, his momentum took him through, and the keeper just picked it up. But great play from Harmony Row there. That was... A bit of quality in the left-hand side. They'll once again have a throw-in on the right-hand side now. McIntyre still sticking to this right-hand touchline. McKinnon, the full-back here with the ball in his hands, at right at the halfway line. He looks for Young, who manages to fend off his man. Touches a little bit off, but he manages to keep possession as Haddo holds off the man approaching the ball. Back now to Greer, just 10, 15 yards outside his own box. Moves it to Patterson. Another slack pass from the big centre-half here, looking as though he's certainly not as adept with the ball at his feet as his defensive partner so really need to address that maybe need a word with Patterson just to calm him down at half time could be he's getting a wee bit rattled as well by the Hewitt I think um, you can see that Harney Road do prefer Greer to have the ball in the, in the back line but um, these sloppy passes could get them into trouble poor defence again from Harmony Row and it's McIntyre advancing down that right hand side scooped up by McLean it was a, a poor pass from McDonald who was exploited once again as the back four his hands raised towards Crichton Stephen Young turned and played the pass into the path of McIntyre perhaps just too much on it and McLean again showing that he's not afraid to come out and slide and try and win the ball and prevent any shot yeah the keeper did well there he could have 
he could have slid out, but that would run the risk of a, a penalty maybe. But he just ushered it away and uh, got a corner kick. Haddle to the front post, finds a header once more, cleared off the line by O'Kane. Almost looked as though it would dip back in front of the post there. A fantastic bullet header off of Haddle's corner. And again, we're seeing set pieces might decide the next goal in this game, Paul. You do feel like one's coming. Um, Harmony Row are piling it on here. They've got some good delivery from these corner kicks. Uh, and they've got a bit of height and strength in the box as well to exploit it. Good defending there. I think the keeper had it covered, but good defending anyway, and they're still under pressure here. So probably just around maybe slightly under 10 minutes to half-time, an in-swinger this time from Haddle towards the front post once more. Cardinal Sin committed, O'Kane clears at the front post, and McGonagall looks for O'Kane, who's now advancing in the right-wing position, bombing forward from left-back. Touch evades him, though, and it will eventually be scooped up by the keeper. We've got another player down here. O'Kane just looks as though he went for the... As, as a shot comes in from McGonagall there, trying to catch the keeper off his line. Looks as though O'Kane again, just overexerting himself, and catches... Scott, well, is that no? It's Liam Whelan, the left back. Scott, I thought it was Scott Jackson that got whacked again, but it looks as though it's Liam Whelan who's down, who just played that lovely pass into the path of Haddo earlier on. But Ridge is singling to the coaching staff to bring someone else on. Coaching staff have done as much running as the players <laughs> earlier on in this first half. I know they're going to have to have a really good rest after this game. I thought it was a foul, actually. I thought uh, he, he slid in with his stud shown, and I think he, he did catch the player. He obviously took a bit of the ball as well, but it's a bit of a dangerous challenge for me, especially in these conditions where it's wet, it's sliding. Um, you don't really want to be going in with your studs up, and if, if this is another substitution, then that is a bit of a shame. Yeah, well, we've seen the Leo, it was Liam O'Kane that made the challenge, advancing from, from, from the left-back position. He was in from the right wing position where he made that tackle maybe just a per perhaps he, he led with his left foot of course being in the right hand side that's maybe what led to the challenge not being as clean and collected as they would like as uh, Scott Jackson looks to be warming up his keeper here who has actually had very little to do apart from pluck a few balls from the air and that cross that he punched away yeah that's interesting actually um, keeping him on his toes um, I think it's Greer that's down actually I think it's number four which would be a bit of a loss because he has got a bit of composure from the back, which so is something that they've been lacking at times in the game. So looking at who Hamero still have on the bench, they have Greg McBride, Grant Gary, Gary Nugent, and Kyle Fitzpatrick. Kyle Fitzpatrick, one of the elite, more of, one of the more less experienced players in this Hamero side, which does feature a lot of players who are familiar with the Scottish Cup and indeed the Scottish Cup scene. So. It will be a dampener in proceedings as they do have to take off Greer and uh, that will alleviate some of the uh, calmness that, that there has been at the back for Harmony Row and Patterson might miss his composed buddy alongside him. Greer looks as though he's just walking to the sideline though to be seen by the coach. Looks as though yeah, he's, he's had the wind taken out. So it looks as though he's had a bit of the wind taken out. So maybe uh, uh, the plastic bit at the end of the boot perhaps catching him around the or the stud catching him in the chest area there, or maybe it was the fall. We'll soon see. Looks as though he's going to be able to come back on. Indeed, he has a little spring to his step now, Stephen Greer. I suppose that's what all redheads do have. A little spring <laughs> in their step in a cup final day. Love a bit of a challenge. I'm sure he'll give as good as he gets, Greer, despite the fact he's good with the ball at his feet. Yeah, somebody's card's marked, I'm sure. I'm definitely sure of that. But Harmony Roll straight away look to advance down the middle with Young. St. Peter's managed to cut the ball out and look for McGonagall again, who hasn't perhaps had as much luck in the last 5-10 minutes as he was seeing earlier on. 
If they can get him back in the game, though, as Adidi presses his opposite number, Haddo, who does move the ball, though, to Greer. Looks more comfortable now, and he goes looking for McIntyre. O'Kane cuts that one out from the left-back position. It's now with Crichton, who moves the ball from the centre circle just to the edge of the box. It's with Christopher McFadden, who moves it back into the own area for Daniel McLean. McLean still has the ball, moves out to McDonald, takes the first touch with the left foot, moves it into the centre circle now for McGonagall. McGonagall plays a nice pass in line for Kane. This is good possession from St Peter's. They could manage to get something from this. No one's pressing them. Now eventually Bolt comes over to cover Kane, O'Kane and it's back out to Murney. Murney on the right foot, cuts inside, goes for the short low cross, can't find anyone in the centre of the box, falls back out to Jamie Cunningham, brings the ball down and looks for the looping ball over the top for McGonagall. For Hewitt and it comes back out to Crichton on the half volley, can't get the ball past the first man and Greer clears away the long ball lifted back in, Hal Ball manages to try and win the second ball does so but can't find the pass to Quinn, we're seeing some sustained pressure from St Peter's Harmiro don't seem to be having as much joy sustainably in the final third without Blackwood yeah, definitely. I, f- I think um, St Peter's are having more opportunity to get themselves up into the final third of the game, putting a wee bit more pressure on the, the back line, but still there isn't really that much cutting edge to make a good opportunity. Um, they need to kind of create something a wee bit more clear cut. And Quinn has the ball on the right-hand side. It was a lovely pass through pass from McGonagall, again from that sort of deep-lying position behind the striker, of uh, Hewitt. He chipped the ball down the right-hand side, and it's now a throw-in again, one of these long throw-ins. Hewitt wins the first ball once more, but unfairly that time. Looks as though he just used his body to me. There are no elbows involved, but it, given the free kick against. So again, once more, Hamro struggling to deal with Hewitt from the long throw-in. It's, ha- it's happening every time they're going straight there, but it's not it's not being dealt with effectively. Yeah, it's a strong guy. He, he got up um, early there, and I think the defender actually just caught, found himself caught beneath him. I don't think it was a foul, but the knockdown was excellent, and you would really want another striker just waiting there to have a, a snapshot on goal um, they need to get more players around him because he is winning these high balls and knocking them down into good areas and Murney has a ball in a, in a similarly good area but he's tackled by McKinnon who goes for a second <laughs> challenge with his he literally led with his back there that still on ba- the ground a sliding back challenge sliding back challenge there from McKinnon the full back and it's going to be with Crichton who's over the ball for this free kick just around I'd say 40, 45 yards from goal, perhaps maybe the 40 yard range, slightly to the left hand side for St Peter's, sending McDonald forward, keeping Cunningham back with Burtridge. Perhaps not the best idea considering Burtridge's pace is much better than that of Jamie Cunningham. Indeed, Burtridge will win this first ball comfortably from his marker, has a couple of yards of space, cuts inside, and now looks for the long pass across the, p- across the pitch, cut out, but it will be Bolton that picks up the second ball. Looks wide with a left foot pass from McIntyre. McIntyre wins the ball from O'Kane, and he'll win the free kick to O'Kane, sort of clattering out the back there f- to the winger of Harney Rowe. Harney Rowe just content to let the ball sort of lie down and slow the game down right now considering they've been under pressure for the past 5-10 minutes not enjoying as much sustained action in their opponent's final third Fine Young though who can turn his man looking, t- he has McIntyre on the outside of him decides not to use him and he'll have to settle for the throw in there as the wind we can hear shattering around the stadium it's still it's still not the best of weather here we still see the sleet rain if you like coming down, that, that horrible smurry rain that I always hear it called and the wind blowing as well and area success. A typical Scottish Cup, a, a typical Scottish Cup day, if you like. Not the sunny final days that we always hope for. And we have a, f- a corner again once more for Harmony Row. Looks as though it will be Cado to take the corner once more. Again, it's, it's been a, almost a tale of two number tens. Cado's been the orchestrator for Harmony Row, and he's had more joy than McGonagall, who's 
the left foot to Maestro for the team in blue. Yeah, I and mean, this guy's got really good delivery. He's putting some good balls, and he's another opportunity for him. Goes again towards the front post area. He cleared away just by St. Peter's. The second ball came back in from what looked like Daniel McKinnon with the second header, cleared off the line somewhat by Anthony Quinn there. So once more, Hamry Row really troubling the team that are down 1-0 with the corner kicks. If St. Peter's are going to find a way back into this match, it looks as though it's going to be through a throw-in. If Hamry Row to get a second goal, we might well see it coming from a similar set piece, but indeed from a corner. I think St Peter's might need to have a wee bit of a change of formation as the, the second half um, goes on. Right now, I don't think they are creating enough in the final third. They've got players who are doing a good job, but they aren't really opening up Harmony Row the way Harmony Row can open up St Peter's. Um, and to go two down would be would be a really tough one to get back from. So they might want to see if they can get somebody closer to Hewitt up front, maybe take advantage of one of these knockdowns. Don't imagine there will be much long left in this half. Five minutes maximum, you'd suppose, including stoppage time now. As, we're, as of course, the game kicked off at 11. We're now approaching at 10 minutes to 12. Of course, 45 minutes of half, a half here at under-21's age group. Both of these teams playing in the West of Scotland Youth Football League. So a West of Scotland derby here in the Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium. And that is half time. So we'll hand you back to Camilla and Stephen and Callum to round up this Transworld Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup Finals first half. 1-0 to Hamiro over St Peter's. You join us. Back to you, Camilla. Thank you very much, Ryan and Paul. That was wonderful commentary on the first half of this Transworld Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup between um, the under-21s Harmony Row and St Peter's Juveniles Giffnick North. It ended up 1-0 and it was a fantastic goal, although unfortunately it has led to um, a player, Kieran Buckley, being taken off in a stretcher. It's a very unfortunate thing to have happened. I'm joined again by Callum Patterson and Stephen Mayer and we're going to be discussing what we thought of that half. Um, firstly, I'm going I'm to start with the goal because um, it was a great goal, wasn't it? It was, and uh, St Peter's, they're playing this pressing game very high up the park, but that was their downfall uh, for this goal because the defenders are too high up the park. One simple long ball to Buttridge, and it's just a ball, a cross goal, and just tapped in. And they're their own downfall. It's their own game plan. They're trying to press up the park. But there is that downside that you can get caught out very easily. Do you think that they are... I mean, definitely I would say that the, the defence is pushing quite up high. But um, they seem to only have one man up front. And uh, as soon as he gets the ball, there's nowhere to go. And I feel I feel certainly that they, they just don't have the space in that final third. Yeah, me as well. Uh, Hugh, he's just isolated at times. Um, you'd think, tuck someone in behind him. Give, he's a target man. He's someone you want to do the flick-ons, to be supporting a main striker, and there's just no one around them. Yeah, it, it, it feels very, very uh, central-focused. I mean, they've got they've got a high defence, they've got one up front. Um, do you think uh, maybe a change in formation? Yeah, perhaps. I think what they need to do is try and play it wide a bit more, play to their strengths, get the balls in the box to Hewitt. And uh, McGonagall, he's the one that's been really the main threat from those set pieces his deliveries are just they have caused problems for Harmony Rose at times but they need to do that more they're not doing it enough they fashioned a chance early on from the corner they need to try and do that more in the second half yeah they have had a few missed opportunities there was certainly a really nice uh, throw in a brilliant cross and uh, they just can't seem to get their feet on the end of it 
They, yeah, exactly, and I think the surface perhaps could play a part. There's people slipping about a lot. There's a few injuries, uh, and the rain has been teeming down all day. So perhaps just play at the strengths. Don't have the ball on the deck. Don't give the chance to slip. Play it in the air and try and get a few goals that way. Well, Callum, uh, speaking of you know the the wet surface and also getting a getting a touch to the ball, um, Kieran Blackwood was able to do that fairly effectively. Although unfortunately, it has led to him being injured. I mean, what what's your take on it all? Yeah, a bit of a shame for for the guy. Um, it was it was a cracking goal. I mean, uh, Burbridge down the right hand side. It was just a ball which kind of put the defender in two minds whether to touch it or not because I'm sure if he did touch it it would probably went in the back of the net anyway so they absolutely no chance and um, it just went to that sort of left hand post and it went in off Blackwood but with it I did mention before kickoff enough although it's a, a 3G surface and the like with a bit of rain on it it will be slippery and just cause him to climb with the post and if he hit his head possibly but uh, he got taken away which is a shame but it was a good goal and that's a saying no pain no gain Yeah I mean he was taken away in in the stretcher, and I I think that you, you know you said he might have just got a, a tap to it and it would have been fine, but I don't know if he didn't just go for the tap, but it is very slippy, um so that and he collided straight with the with the post, and to me it looked like he was clutching his hip or his, his stomach. Mm. Yeah, he certainly uh, connected some part of his body with it anyway. Um, it was at that post where I think the rain and, and then the slide did take it uh, sort of. In the direction towards the post, I think it was one of those things. If it was a, a completely dry surface, he probably would have tapped it, and without needing to slide, it'd be fine. But I think with uh, the defender in front of him, who wasn't quite sure what to do himself, because I'm sure, as I said, the defender was probably in two minds whether he touch the ball and try and clear it, which probably would have ended in the back of the net anyway. So I think it would have been a goal either way if it came to the defender or the striker. But the strikers tapped it in with a clatter on the post one of those things but I'm sure if you look back on this tomorrow and they've won the trophy he'll be happy. Well hopefully he will be alright um, now Burbage was the one who set it all up he's been fantastic on the right hand side uh, after Kieran Blackwood went off he's actually switched to the left hand attacking side, uh, there was a lot of room uh, there that I felt certainly and he seems to be capitalising that that just now I mean do you think that he's been impressive? It certainly has I think it was the right hand channel it looks like that we may well see Burbage might float between both wings in the second half it might have been just I'm not sure if it was enforced with the change with uh, Young coming on or whether uh, it was always planned that he might switch wings but he switched anyway we might see him switching again in the second half but uh, you can see that they're getting a lot of joy, joy down there with uh, St Peter's playing this sort of more higher line with a, looking a little bit light in defence certainly at the full back positions uh, there's definitely lots of space and um, there's certainly the openings there and we've we've seen one or two decent corners as well and they've got a good delivery in them likes of uh, Hado who can deliver a ball in from the corner or from out wide so uh, they've got the delivery that in most part pretty well so it's whether they can take that chance and maybe get a second. I felt certainly at the, the beginning of the game it was a fairly slow match, especially for St Peter's uh, Juvenile's given North. Um, we talked about Burbage. Do you think that's something that they're going to have to... He's a, he's a man that they're going to have to focus on because he seems to be breaking through their back line very easily. They are going to have to get the shackles on Burbage uh, fairly quickly. It was Liam O'Kane at left-back. He was the one that just could not match him for pace, couldn't match his dribbling abilities as he just burst into the box and played it across for the goal. But yeah, they are going to have to find a way to contain him, whether that's right back or left back, wherever Burridge is playing, they need to get him down. Now that uh, the other attacking threat, he's off of the injury, 
he is the main threat and they need to contain him. Uh, there's been a there's been a few more chances for Harmony Road that were actually stopped by the by the defence um, of St Peter's. Uh, do you think that they're doing a good job? Yeah, they are, and um, sometimes at centre back the they are a little bit lackadaisical. Um, they're a little bit careless with their clearances. They're getting sliced about, but mo for most part they're sweeping it up. They're doing quite well getting the ball away, um, but when they get the ball away, it's fallen to Hewitt, he's completely isolated, he's crowded out and it just goes back as Harmony Row play out of defence and they launch another attack. So it's just a complete endless cycle really and uh, they need to do something about it. Callum, do you think that Harmony Row have made the, the most of all of their chances? Because quite a few times they've been called offside and it has mainly been Burbage that is the main perpetrator of that as, as, as well as he's done um, getting through the back. Well, yeah, they have a couple of times been offside. I think the, the bigger thing, probably they've had a couple of three really cracking corners down the right-hand side from Haddo. Um, and they've, as I say, the, the, their set piece and their corners in the box, the whip in the balls in the box has been 9 out of 10 most of the time, absolutely right in the heart of the box. And you feel that there's one or two little half chances where they probably should have scrapped the ball into the back of the net because that's one thing probably St Peter's, who have had less of the ball, you probably were talking 60-65% of the ball has been to Harmony Row. But when St Peter's have had any half chances, if they've got in and around the box, they've looked quite threatening. So they do have a goal and they have scored plenty of goals themselves uh, in the run to the final. So... Um, there is always that threat of the goal back because both look actually quite dangerous in and around the box. It's the fact that Harmony had the better of the possession that they've had the more chances. Do you think it's also because uh, St Peter's haven't managed to capitalise in that in that final third? But the the high ball's certainly been a threat to Harmony Row. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, let's say possession helps, and it's just one of those things that maybe the their high line thing isn't really working on on the whole part it obviously has in little spells when they've managed to get um, steal the ball and try and get a break on in that final third that and it was ironic just before the harmony row goal it was a similar sort of ball on the right hand side sort of a low fizzing ball just couldn't quite reach the, the striker um so they they could have been one nil in front with probably only 30 percent of the ball but there you are, you got the goal at the other end and they've just had to reset a little bit in the last sort of 15 minutes, second half and we'll maybe see, maybe with a team talk at half-time, they might come out and we might see a bit more from them. What do, what do you think will be happening in that team talk just now? What do you think they'll be they'll be being told, Stephen? Um, well, the team talk is going to have to be coupled with a tactical change to try and get someone alongside you and uh, give them more of an edge in attack. But I think... The the team are very motivated. We saw in the opening minutes they're they're pressing along the the back line and then they just shoved Harmony Row back into their own half, back in towards their own box, making them concede corners and that. I think more of the same from them, please, in the second half. But they need to try and get people in and about Hewitt, get more crosses into the box, and offer something attacking. Do you think that they need to maybe focus uh, a little bit better on? their actual passing because I feel they've been um, just giving it away a little bit too much. A few times, yeah, there's been a lack of communication perhaps it seems. There's been people slipping as well, of course, goes back to the pitch, um, meaning they can't get on the end of passes or they're far too overhit. And uh, there, there have been a few insta instances where the attack is on but the passing has just let them down a few times. 
Um, have you been pretty impressed overall with Harmony Rose's performance, Callum? Yeah, very much so. Um, they've not maybe had the biggest test defensively yet. It'd be interesting to see how they deal if um, St Peter's can get a bit of ball, a um, bit more ball in that final third. But up front, th their wing play is absolutely superb. And the combination like of Burbridge and, and Blackwood before they went off, Haddo, Youngs came in and actually done a pretty good job if they've maybe got a little bit less pace up front. So um, the sort of final four or five have linked really well. Um, as I say, the test might be if, if even with 10, 15 minutes ago, it's still 1-0, how their defence holds up. And with with this surface, we've seen quite a few injuries. It wasn't just Kieran Blackwood. There was there was quite a few instances. Uh, I know Paul and Ryan were joking that the coaching staff have had just as much of a runaround as uh, as as the players have. Do you think that's going to be factoring into their team talk, or do you think it's going to affect the way they might play a bit more carefully? Well, I mean, it's one of those things that the rain's still lashing down here. It's uh, still very grey. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice summer's day in Beckenham, and it's one of those things <laughs> that I think um, uh, the the injuries play their part. And at least with injuries, despite we had a two or three minute stop after uh, Blackwood's goal when he had to come off, most of the injuries have been little little comings together. I think sliding with the, the ground, but it's not really stopped the flow of the game. We've not had like four or five sort of five minute breaks. It's been one or one or two sort of thirty seconds a minute, just sort of get back on your feet and run it off, and it's been okay. So we might see a bit of that, just the way the conditions are. Um, but the ball's sort of skating about, and it's uh, it's playing well <laughs> on the surface. And a bit of rain, it's always a bit fun because it makes uh, makes players slip around and stuff like that. So what are you expecting from Harmony Row in the second half? Do you think? I think we we'll see more of the same. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's still one 0 with maybe fifteen to go. Whether they clam up a little bit, but they've got experience at this age group with the, the five cup wins in the last ten years, so they'll be looking on that. Hopefully, with maybe for them not looking at it in terms of uh, sort of uh, a sort of rope with a sort of. Uh, defensive mind last 15 20 minutes they'll just need to sort of play positive they know at this age group they know the club's done it before and they'll maybe uh, maybe go in and just try and get a second and uh, i think a second would probably finish the game off um with the, the wing play they've got in the cross they've got the shoot you'd think uh, be just as attacking threat as they were in the first half and what about you Stephen? what would you like to see from uh st, st. peter's uh st peter's they just need to believe believe that they can get back as they come out just now from this one goal deficit because they've had their opportunities from set pieces they just do need to believe in themselves give more of the same give it the same effort that they have been um, and I believe that they could get back into it it just takes a little bit of belief and a little bit of luck well, thank you very much to both Stephen and Callum for that um, brilliant halftime analysis. As we said, it's currently 1-0 Harmony Row in the under-21s Transworld Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup against St Peter's Juveniles Giffnick North. We're now going to hand back to the commentary team of Ryan Rowe and Polly Elliott, who will give us the second half. Thanks very much, Camilla, and thanks also to Stephen and Callum for their punditry at halftime. You, of course, rejoin us here at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium live and exclusive Youth Football Scotland's coverage here on YFS Radio for the Transworld Soccer SYFA Cup Finals. Of course, since here, since 2002 they've been played here and St Peter's will kick us off here looking to readdress the balance. 1-0 down with 45 minutes to go. Harmony Row immediately pressing and forcing them onto the back foot. We'll look to see if there has been any changes. Don't think St. Peter's have made any, and I don't think Harry Rowe have made any either. McIntyre, Young, 
and and Butridge still the front three for the side a leading 1-0 but Butridge has went back to the right hand side our far side and a good searching pass there from O'Kane finds Murney on the left hand side looking for the left footed cross as he approached the byline approached by Hamero good pressure McGonagall can whip this in yeah, it's a good start by St Peter's. Um, they need to come out with a different mentality, I think, in the second half. They need to get themselves more into the box and, and create some opportunities. So it's a ball looking towards the penalty spot. Flicked on by McDonald. Comes back to Murney. Could fall for Hewitt. Not going to be able to as Hamnero clear. Greer with the second pass looking for Burtridge. Holes off O'Kane. And he still has the ball in his chest. Tries to turn him round the outside. Looks for the pass down the right-hand side. No one there and cut out by the team in blue. Moving it back in towards McGonagall, who's 20 yards inside the opponent's half. Looks for Hewitt at the edge of the box at the D. Comes back out, though, to McGonagall once more. Turns his man. Ball to the captain. F f fending off McGonagall, but only so far. He still has possession of the ball. Cuts inside. Claims for the free kick, but it looks as though he was just sandwiched in. Fair play, fair defending by Harmony Rowe and look to get it out to the right, the left-hand side. Bit of a muffed clearance by Lee, um, Christopher McFadgen there. But again, it's McGonagall looking to pull the strings. Yeah, it's a good positive start here from St Peter's. Uh, totally the opposite from the first half where they were more defensive, more kind of trying to hold their line. But good, good start by them. So McIntyre now on the left-hand side, cuts in towards the edge of the box, cuts it to the front post there in the six-yard box, looking for Haddo, who had darted across the inside of the box. Good movement from McIntyre on that left-hand side, and we'll see if this corner kick from Hanero can have any effect. Do get in touch, hashtag Road to Airdrie on Twitter, as it goes to the back post, it's almost turned in there, but it's going to be a free kick a uh, dangerous cross again from Haddo and as we were saying do remember that we can get in touch with us on Twitter at YFST for the Youth Football Scotland site you can see all the updates there's also at YFS live at YFS radio you can get in touch with us on there hashtag road to Airdrie is the hashtag if you want to get in touch tell us your opinions what way do you think the game will go do you think the next goal will be a Harmony Row goal to make it 2-0 do you think St Peter's will get back in level terms. They have the ball now as they move it between Hewitt and McGonagall, but McGonagall's return pass isn't quite good enough, and it's ended up on the left-hand side with McIntyre, who skips past his man there, lovely stuff to get past Boehm, and it's Cunningham who's chasing back there, opens the legs and manages to make a good saving tackle, manages to back heel and then find Quinn. Quinn now finds Boehm, who's advanced forward over the halfway line, looks again for Quinn, ball just evaded Boehm's path there. He has literally bombed forward from <laughs> right, right back a few it. times. I was waiting for that since the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a good force at right back and indeed now the ball goes towards Hewitt at the edge of the box. Tried to flick it on for Murney. Brought down though by Bolton on the edge of the box. Plays it back to Greer who's once again scooped up quite confidently but it does go to Cunningham and a mm. scything late challenge there from Scott Jackson. Uh, he does go he looked as though he was going to go over to apologise but indeed he's been subbed straight over by the ref. I think that, that was just late. There was no really stud shown or anything. Just a late challenge, but he's probably going to go in the ref's book. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, he could have pulled out of it, but I think he, he did want to take a maybe just a wee bit of a marker down in the middle of the park because um, St. Peter's have been coming more into this game at the start um, of, the, of the second half, playing some decent stuff, putting themselves about as well, to be fair. Uh, and I think that was just about letting them know that I'm here, I'm in the middle, middle of the park, this is my domain, and uh, leaving a wee mark there. Yeah, he accepts the booking, Scott Jackson, who has been through the wars today. He's been receiving and giving out the tackles. McGonagall with the free kick 
bends it in towards the box. It's pammed away by the goalkeeper there, Easton. A lovely whipped ball in from this right-hand side. Evaded a pure connection from any of the defenders or attackers. Caught out Easton though and had to get a hand there to pam it away from his goal. Well, that's the first time they've made one of these balls into the box count. Uh, keeper had to have good reactions there to stop that one from possibly just flying into the back of the net. It seemed to, seemed to catch everybody unaware. Um, good play. Once again, Cunningham there sk 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 skirting down the right-hand side coming from midfield. He really has grown into this game, Jamie Cunningham. We are, well, I'd certainly been very impressed how he's grown in from the sort of 20-minute mark, how he has become much more involved, and he's really helping out McGonagall in that middle of the park. Yeah, he's a good player. He's getting himself around. Uh, good, good physique as well. He looks kind of the athletic type, and he's, he's covering quite a lot of ground in this game. He's probably been the standout so far for uh, St Peter's. So it will be another throw-in for St Peter's who have enjoyed the lion's share in this opening five minutes of the game. So we're just, of course, just after 12 o'clock. Game kicked off at 11 o'clock at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium. St Peter's lose the ball in the centre of the park. Now with the captain, Grant Bolton, who's had a solid, if unspectacular game. The pass there to Luke Whelan, dispossessed after a poor first touch by the left-back. Jackson again meeting the tackle there with Bomb and he moves it to the inside now. St Peter's have it coming over the halfway line and they find Murney on the left wing, cutting in towards the box side to drag it back. Some nice footwork, but just too much fancy stuff in the end with OK overlapping there. Had Jamie Cunningham and both Liam Crichton in there to move it back to the inside. Again, trying to use the width maybe too much to an extent. Yeah, possibly. There was lots of options on there. I think he just kind of tied himself in knots. He probably knows the cameras are here, so wanted to try and get in the showboat or something like that. Another um, on your ball. Uh, he just kind of did himself out of it. He had options. So once again, Patterson dispossessed from his, his own box there. Tried to play a longer pass. He's been dispossessed from a couple of shorter passes. The long pass, though, doesn't find anyone. But Hamiro do have possession back with Bolton. Finds Haddo. First time he's really gotten the ball this half. Looks for Burtridge down that right-hand side. Can't get the pass to his feet. And St. Peter's will gather. That's well read, though, by Luke Whelan, who's advancing forward from left back. Another good tackle by Liam Crichton to slap out any danger that was there. And Bolton will bring the ball down from the goal kick and head it towards Haddo. Some nice foot work there, gets his body in front of McGonagall ref waves play on there, thought there could have been a claim perhaps for a free kick but Hamiro do continue playing the ball down this left hand side with McIntyre and he looked as though he was going to go for Luke Whelan there but the run he checked his run the left back coming forward perhaps wary that he was out of position and Stephen Young now battling with the centre halves of St Peter's and they ends up the pressure from Stephen Young and Co forces an errant pass and they have the ball on this left hand side finds Haddo in a bit of space there first touch not quite open enough enough space for him and he doesn't manage to get that curling ball out to Burtridge but that's a odd decision of pass from Murney who tried to go back to his left back Liam Kane too much on the pass and again St Peter's going to be under pressure now from corners yeah that's kind of suicidal defending there just ramming the ball pretty much at his teammate and he had no chance of controlling that and keeping it keeping the ball in play but I think uh, certainly in the start of the second half it's been characterised by a lot of really sloppy passes from both sides um, putting their own teams under pressure and this is a corner kick this could be dangerous Caddle again goes deeper this time it's towards the middle of the area it's going to go back out for another corner he's went, he's went front post two or three times it looks as though he's went to the 
back end of this six-yard box he's aiming for, but the St. Peter's defence able to cut that one out before it was able to fall to the feet of any of the Hamuro attackers lurking around the edge of the six-yard box. So there is plenty of players. Hamuro have only left two players back, Jackson one of them, and Greer the other. Suppose if the ball falls to Jackson, he will look to bust forward. If the ball falls to Greer, he'll look to make a pass. It's McGonagall that's been left up for Harmony Row the lone attacking midfielder. Cado again goes quite deep with this one. It's flicked away though by Cunningham who's done well defensively from that midfield position coming back to help and it's now with Luke Whelan and again just a lack of communication there. It will go to a throw-in for, for St Peter's on their right-hand side. They're hemmed in though in their own half. They'd look for Cunningham though just outside the box and he's given away possession almost to Grant Bolton but a good tackle on the recovery from Cunningham and the long ball from St Peter's is cut out subsequently by Luke Whelan it's now with Stephen Grade again looking comfortable with the ball at his feet tries to advance out of his own half stop in his tracks but not before the ball's picked once again picked up once again by his team and Stephen Young now has the ball advancing towards the box and he plays a lovely outside of foot pass to Burtridge Burtridge now has the ball towards the edge of the 18 yard line trying to takes his man into a tackle goes towards the byline cuts it to the front post and it's Haddo there with a Good connection on the front post, but he was leaning back, sends it over the bar. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. He just kind of, oh, he just scoop, scooped it over the bar. I mean, he could have got that one on target. It was a great piece of play on the right-hand side by uh, Burbridge again, doing so, so well, getting the ball into a good area, and it was a good run um, by the attacker, and Harold just couldn't get the ball on target. It was a really good move, really creative stuff, but just the finish wasn't there. Another perhaps example of creative stuff from Stephen Young who's come off the park as well we thought he'd be a bit of a physical presence but he's shown he can pass the ball too on more than one occasion yeah sometimes he didn't choose the right pass right enough but he did that time and it was a really good pass outside of the, the right foot uh, good vision and uh, in the pass itself as well was uh, very well played it could have been easily over hit throw in from the right hand side flicked on by Hewitt but uh, another errant header here on the right-hand side for St Peter's. The throw-in subsequently from Harmony Row wins them a free kick. Looks like there was two hands in the back as Bohm gestures to the referee. He clearly doesn't agree with the decision. It's going to be a free kick in what could be a dangerous position. We've seen the St Peter's defence struggle from dead ball areas at from the corner kick. So Luke Whelan will look to take this from the left-hand side, almost right at the touchline. They said decide to go short to Cado. Evades the mark of Cunningham and a nice little back heel as he finds McEntee. And now it's too young on the edge of the area. Tries to turn his man. Again, once tries to find through Cado in between the centre-half and the full-back. Too much on it, though. But again, he's shown he's got a creative side to his game as long as the, as, as well as the physical stuff, Young. Yeah, you've seen that one. Um, that was good play. He, he turned and played the ball through, overhit it right enough, and it was a, a good run from midfield by Harrow as well. But that's uh, the kind of vision you need from your strikers in that kind of position. You know, it looks like he can hold it up and he can play a pass as well and bring other players into the game. Once again, St Peter's advancing again. Poor pass and communication between McGonagall and Murney. It's a couple of times I've had the ball in good areas, just towards the edge of the sort of final third for Harmony Row but they have not been able to find that crucial pass some good defending for Harmony Row we've seen on the good on the on the odd occasion we've seen good defending rather St Peter's do have possession now in the centre circle moving past with McGonagall skips past his man claims for the free kick he will get it there St Peter's moving the ball from the centre of the park towards the edge of the box and perhaps maybe a professional foul is the term for that one I think he had cover though he probably didn't need to do it 
just wasn't taking any chances and the ball was far enough out that it probably won't trouble the goalkeeper from there unless it's a, a bit of a, a World Cup goal but you know, it's a Scottish Cup final these things can happen doesn't look like the perfect angle for a left foot shot either so he does go for the chip ball in and Hewitt punched away by McLean perhaps unorthodoxly and Cunningham can't pick up the second ball Hewitt was advancing and I suppose uh, Easton didn't want to take any chances there at all from the set piece and St Peter still have the ball McGonagall has dropped deep once more goes wide looking for Murnay but he doesn't find him and instead comes back to O'Kane in the left back position and now plays it back to McDonald who's just inside his own half and finds Crichton in the centre circle turns and pivots manages to lay the ball off to the other centre half that's Christopher McFadgen back into McDonald look through the back heel and he'll go over the halfway line Quinn is gesturing for the ball in the space and behind on the right hand side instead McDonald keeps the ball cuts inside still going with it he's been left out of position but Cunningham is there to cover again but he loses the ball and now we could see if Hamiro can get the break on quickly through Greer first time he's played a poor pass and it was a chance where they could have had the break on McDonald had two or three cha chances to spread the ball perhaps wide to Quinn who was gesturing furiously on the right hand side didn't come yes yeah, and Peters had a great chance to open up the defence there but also Hamiro on the break had a a great chance to exploit some space as well, but they didn't get the bodies forward that time. It's probably the first time in the game that we've seen Harmony Row try to break and not get up the park. So it could be um, a change in the play, but St Peter's himself kind of opened things up at the, uh, in the final third as well. Good, some good runs coming from midfield, some space for them to exploit. They just didn't do it that time, but there is opportunities there for them to do it. So we have a substitution now for St Peter's. Michael Murney, who has struggled in this second half, certainly as it starts, and they have now put on Dean O'Donnell. So it will be interesting to see if he can have any effect on this game. But Harm, they're all having effect just now. Scott Jackson with the left foot driving forward, finds McIntyre on the left-hand side, advancing into the box, tries for the cutback, blocked at the first time, McIntyre steps over, looks to the middle of the pack for Stephen Young, but it's going to be cleared away by the St Peter's defence. But good attack there from Harmony Row on the break good attack but I think he should have cut it back to Jackson who had he was unmarked inside the box he would have had a clear shot on goal um, it may have taken a deflection and gone in but it was a better opportunity instead he tried to do a return and, and find the, the striker in the six yard box but it was easily dealt with in the end by the, the defence so another corner Cado takes it and Swinger goes to that back post area again cleared away by Crichton but only as far as McKinnon who's on the edge of the box on the right hand side Quinn comes out to tackle is now playing left wing McKinnon high searching ball towards the back post for Stephen Young but he flicks the ball wide claims for the corner kick looks I'm really amused by that decision not toward the corner should have been a goal he should have scored and uh, I don't think it did come up a defender looking I think, for excuses I think he's looking for excuses uh, that should have been a goal um, was head and shoulders above the defence free header more or less and he put it wide of the target and probably looked like it was a good bit wide as well um, probably the best chance of the match so far should have been 2-0 it should have been game over so uh, they we could have seen Hamero stretch their lead as we have played just over 50 minutes in this second half still 1-0 to the team in red and white who have won as we said five of the last ten Scottish Cups of course the Scottish Cup finals being held at this stadium in Airdrie, in Airdrie for, the, for the last 13 years since 2002 and this is the first time that St Peter's Giffnock Juveniles North have played in this specific fixture at this specific ground they've had a lot of success at amateur level have St Peter's Giffnock North but it's yet to be replicated at the 21s level from the throw on on the right hand side they find Cunningham who's on the edge of the box goes for the outside of foot shot looking for Hugh for the flick on from the penalty spot can't find it though and 
it's with Scott Jackson, plays it back to Luke Whelan, right footer playing left back, we see that more and more these days, and it's a poor judge of ball by Liam O'Kane, and now it's, Mc, Mc, it's Mark Buttridge cutting inside, looks for Young who turned his back, Cado caught in two minds whether to go for that one himself, but another lapse in defensive concentration by Liam O'Kane. Yeah, he took his eye off the ball and let Burbridge have a chance to run at the defence. Burbridge just let the ball slip off his toe and uh, that it, that meant that the pass through for Young wasn't on. Run, uh, the run t- was too early by Young uh, and it allowed St Peter's to clear. But um, a bit of a misjudgment there in defence and a bit of a mistake putting his defence under under pressure. McGonagall has it once more. Now plays it to the substitute Dino Dono who's came on and looks to be playing in a sort of deep lying forward position he looks to be playing as a supporting striker to Hewitt and in between Hewitt and McGonagall so McGonagall looks to have dropped even deeper perhaps to try and get him on the ball even more going to be a throw in to St Peter's after Young gives up possession at the halfway line so it'll be interesting to see and Cunningham looks as though he's came to this right hand side as well now since that substitution has been made Cunningham to the right hand side Quinn to the left Murney of course has came off so that looks to me like a Let's go for it. Substitution. Definitely, I think it's kind of decision they have to make now. They're one 0 down. It's a Scottish Cup final, and you don't come here just to um, play one up front, play for the break. I think St Peter's have got more to offer, uh, and that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to be more positive, get more players up the park, and try and create some chances for themselves. Um, I think we're we've got a good second half. I think it's going to be a a good end to the game. Well, there has been very little to separate these teams all season. Of course, the only other game in the league, that's f- uh, the only other game this year that has featured these two teams finished 1-0 to St. Peter's. In terms of the league, Hamner Row sit fifth, 17 points off the top spot, the likes of Tower Hearts occupying that spot. However, Tower Hearts were beaten by St. Peter's Giffnock North earlier in the Scottish Cup. Good ball from Baum towards the back post, evades everyone apart from Patterson who gets the ball away, falls low to McGonagall, takes the ball down in the chest, good goal for the shot, it's a long ranger, but it's going to be just scooped up on the second bite of the cherry by Easton there. Perhaps that's why he didn't catch it earlier on in the game. Um, ball could be a wee bit slippy, it could be on his mind a wee bit because that was bread and butter stuff, he should have just scooped that one, but managed to slip through his, his hands and luckily for him it didn't go over the line. So McEntee has been called offside on the left wing there from the flick on by Young. As they were saying, St Peter's Giffnock North on the way to the final. They did beat Tower Hearts who are top of the league in the West of Scotland 21. They beat them 6-3 in, the th- in round four. Before that they trounced Mulgai 9-0 and beat Leith Athletic 5-3. A 2-2 win over Rossville, a 2-2 draw against Rossville was then a replayed and a 1-0 win was the result before a one before a win over West Park United saw them into this final as they look for Cunningham down the right hand side good attack by St Peter's once more these two teams very evenly matched all season it's showing once again though that St Peter's have perhaps better longer spells of possession in this half yeah it's, it's turned out to be an excellent game now I think a, a big change of it as well as the full backs getting forward Bomb has been getting right up to support the wingers and get to the byline on a few occasions now. Short corner, almost like McFadden against Holland, and it was between Cunningham and McGonagall, the left foot going for the near post, cut out though, 
and eventually deflected off a St Peter's player for a goal kick. And now it's to Whelan at the left back position, goes back to the inside for Greer, gets the ball in the second back, the, the, the second time there. They claim for the throw in St Peter's and they get it. Jamie Cunningham has been fantastic in this half. He has been. Uh, I think St Peter's as a team have just stepped up a couple of levels actually. I think they're really on top of this game now. And you can see them creating some chances for themselves to get an equaliser fairly soon. Anthony Quinn now with the ball on the left-hand side for St Peter's back. He was away from his man and manages to get the second pass out to O'Kane. Advantage played, crossed in, but it will be given a foul against what looks like Burbage. It was lovely skill there by Quinn. He managed to toe-poke the pass out to Liam O'Kane and he was scythed in the process. Yeah, a bit of a cynical one. Chance was on down that left-hand side. Um, and St Peter's getting bodies in the box now as well. Lots of danger for Harmony Road to deal with. They're going to have to defend for their lives here because they're, they're getting the pressure piled upon them. Well, that's a booking for Burbage, so he'll have to watch his discipline for the rest of the match. McGonagall looks over the ball, 25 yards from goal on the left-hand side. He's in the third of the pitch between the 18-yard line and the sideline, so it's a good area for a whipped ball in. Goes towards the penalty spot, flipped on by Bomb, comes back out, oh Dean O'Donnell off the post, the substitute almost made the perfect impact there, but it impacts back off the post, Paul, that was so nearly 1-1. That was superb stuff there, knockdown, and that's the first time I've actually seen somebody get there on the end of a knockdown, and the, the strike was true, but off the post, real drama here, brilliant stuff by St Peter's, and they're really piling on the pressure. So Hamner Road just taking their time with this throw in here on the left hand side. Looks as though we have a substitute ready for Hamner Road. We'll see who looks to be coming off. It looks as though it could be a midfielder making his way. It's the number... It's Josh Caddo that's making way, Paul. Now mm. Maybe that's because he hasn't had much success in this half, but he's been Hamner Road's best player over the course of the game that's yeah. strange yeah first half he was running the show pulling all the strings but I think St Peter's have got the measure of him in the second half and he's not happy about coming off um, and I can imagine why because it's a Scottish Cup final and he has so much talent and it might come to a point in this game where you need somebody like him to open up St Peter's if they do get an equaliser but right now it seems like they're going for um, all backs to the wall going, in, going in for a fight for this one now so it will be Greg McBride that comes on to replace Josh Caddle. Looks as though he's going to be playing again in an attacking position. McGonagall manages to spread the ball wide in the meantime for St. Peter's to Cunningham, who has been very, very effective in this second half. Coming in from the inside, he finds Hewitt, who's onside, goes for the volley, it's tipped wide superbly by Easton. What a save from Hewitt on the half volley. St. Peter's are on the rampage here. Oh, defence was caught way out of position and the run by Hewitt was absolutely superb. Shot was superb as well, but the goalkeeper, what a save that was. They're claiming offside, that was, he was onside a mile, Paul. He was well onside. Uh, the, the back line was staggered from Harmony Road. It was a brilliant run and uh, that would have been a travesty if that had gone in and had been chopped off for offside. But so what a save in the end. Great save. So I suppose that's a, what they're claiming now is that they should have the corner, they should have the sustained possession, but we have the two coaches for St. Peter's, quite rightly, in our opinion, as impartial as we must be on YFS. Do remember, at YFST and at YFS Radio for Twitter coverage, a hashtag road to Airdrie. But it does seem as though St. Peter's could have been done out of a very due goal there, and, and, and they've still been let off Harmony by not having to defend this corner. Yeah, the, he was a good three or four yards on the side there. I mean, timed his run perfectly. 
and I can totally understand the fury, but uh, St. Peter's might be able to use that because they've definitely got the bit between their teeth. They're, they're attacking, they're asking questions, they're getting themselves into the, the harm their old box, and now they'll, they'll be feeling like they're, they're due something. Perhaps a bit of injustice in the bellies of St. Peter's, and they do have the ball once again with Cunningham inside his own half, looking to break forward with pace, and it's going for O'Donnell, but it's cut out by Jackson, who is, of course, born in England, Jackson, the only player born outside of Scotland, apart from Grant Gaddy, who was born in Germany. So interesting facts there regarding Harmony Rose players and where they originate from. They have been struggling on the whole in this second half though and it will be interesting to see if they can find any way back into this half. I thought it would come through Caddo. Yeah, so did I. He's the most creative player. Um, he's been brilliant in the first half. Now they'll be looking towards uh, Burbridge probably. He is the one who's got a bit of skill, a bit of ability, a bit of creativity and uh, they need to get the ball to him as much as they can. Young as well as another one who can maybe open them up. They have found Young and Buttridge linking up. Young took the ball in the chest and moves it wide to the right-hand side for Buttridge, trying to get past O'Kane, but he's doubled up by Quinn. Lays it back for McKinnon. Unorthodox cross from the right-hand side, a bit too much bend and swerve on it, and it's eventually cleared by St. Peter's. McGonagall wins the second ball. Nice play here, and it's Cunningham who cuts inside. Finds McGonagall now advancing into the other half. Plays a lovely idea but it's not executed well enough, and now Harmony have the chance to break. McIntyre on the left-hand side for Harmony. Looks inside now to the number 16, the substitute, Greg McBride. McGonagall's p uh, direction of pass, just not quite what he needed there to find. Well, who was in an acres of space, continued on that right-hand side bomb. Yeah, just got ahead of himself there, uh, but he's been brilliant in the second half. He's, he's really been a, a standout player for St. Peter's, and just didn't quite execute it well that time, but really stamping his authority in this game, and St Peter's as a team are really taking this game by scruff of the neck now. So as we advance just over the midway point of the second half, it's still one to nothing in favour of Harmony Row. They could be heading for their sixth Scottish Cup final win in the last 11 of the ties they have been uh, at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium. We have the ball with Harmony Row on the, their left-hand side. Substitute goes for Burtridge on the outside of the box. Didn't really ever look so he was in danger of winning that cross. And now it's with Quinn advancing into the opponent's half. Decides to go on the offensive. And the free kick is going to be given there. A late challenge. Quinn was in no danger of being clipped, shall we say, as he managed to jump over the flailing leg of McKinnon. But I suppose he was just looking to stop him in his tracks, stop him at the halfway line rather than stop him 20 yards from goal. They do to take the quick free kick. And O'Kane okay, now looks high towards the middle of the box, Hewitt turns and shoots and that should be a corner for Harmony for St Peter's and indeed it is definitely given that way, it looked as though the linesman on this side hesitated for a second but it does go to St Peter's for the corner on what should have been the corner earlier on Sarcastic cheers from the fans there as well and quite right McGonagall goes to the penalty spot, looking again for the likes of McDonald coming in from the edge of the box, cleared away though by Harmony Row, and Young manages to find McIntyre, cleared off the head of Bomb, and it will now be a throw into Harmony Row on this left-hand side. Again, at YFST is what you want to be searching on Twitter for Youth Football Scotland at YFS Radio. We have Callum Patterson updating the social media side of things for us. Hashtag Road to Airdrie to join in the chat. You can also look back at some of the highlights from previous games by going on to youthfootballscotland.co.uk for 
exclusive and unparalleled coverage of the Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup. We are here, of course, live at Excelsior Stadium right through until the later game, which involves two very exciting teams that you'll be able to hear live on YFS Radio from 2pm. St Peter's have managed to regain possession inside their own half and just as I say that they do give it up and it's now with Jackson the left footer looking to spread the ball to the left hand side even more so for McEntee but it's cut out by Bomb takes it on the knee and moves it now wide to the left for Quinn who waited on the ball there Burbage has just been a yard ahead of everyone and Quinn looks to be struggling on that left hand side hasn't really been able to do much and as we say that it's given away by Bolton to Cunningham Cunningham advances to the inside finds Dean O'Donnell plays advantage after he was taken down comes back out towards Jackson muffs his clearance and O'Donnell causing some problems for Harmony Rowe in their own final third and it's now with Crichton as Cunningham still is lying down hopes he can get back up and indeed they kick the ball out as Cunningham gets back to his feet that happens slightly too much for my liking but it looks as though he is going to actually stay down and this would be a criminal criminal proceeding if he's, he's telling his coach to go back off but it would have been criminal if Cunningham who has literally changed this game almost single-handedly with the help of McGonagall in favour of St Peter's had to go off yeah well there's no need for him to go down there if he wasn't injured so you, you would you would hope that uh, it was uh, a bit of a knock but he's up on his feet now he's, he's looking fine he's He's um, looking to get himself back into the game, but you're right, he's, he's been such an important player in this second half for St Peter's, and he's been a joy to watch, he's been great. So he's talking to the coaching staff, He's it looks as though he's gesturing that the player went in with his studs, no claims from indeed the fans sitting in front of us or any other players that there was any malice in that challenge, but St Peter's do have the ball, in the meantime, find Hewitt and McGonagall, love the link-up play, but McDonald's touch is too heavy, he could get the second ball! Easton comes out, manages to get the ball at the second chance and he'll take one for the team as the referee blows for McGonagall's kick towards Easton's rib. It was a fantastic piece of link-up play but McGonagall's touch let him down, Paul. Yeah, heavy touch and he probably had all the glory in his eyes there of an equaliser. Just a wee bit more subtle and he would have been in a perfect position just to slide down to the back of the net. But credit the goalkeeper, I mean, bravery flew, flew out there got himself down on top of the ball when it was studs flying and took one for the team and uh, took the, the heat off of Harmony Row. The goal kick from Easton falls straight back to Cunningham, however, on the right-hand side, advancing down the right wing, the number eight, manages to play back inside to O'Donnell. Nice feet from O'Donnell, who's came on in that attacking midfield position. <laughs> Little bit of a afters there with Scott Jackson, the midfielder for Harmony Row, and it's going to be a throw-in for Harmony. They go again, long towards the, the head of Hewitt, cut out this time, but McGonagall wins the second ball. He's on the edge of the box, manages to shade away from his man, has bombed towards the right, and McIntyre is taking no chances with the man coming from the outside, and he'll concede the throw-in happily. Claiming to the referee and the linesman that he's taking a few too many yards here, and he they don't decide to go long from this one. Cunningham gets the ball. He's on the right-hand side. Now advances towards the edge of the box. McGonagall has it towards the byline with the with the cross, and it falls back to Cunningham, who takes an air swipe, falls back to McGonagall. However, could fall for Crichton here. Last gas defending once more from Ham. row looks as though Bolton will clear it away. McEntee can't get it to his own feet though and it will fall back to Cunningham on the right wing here for Har for St Peter's just as they lose possession Baum has to win it back from McEntee who went scything up the wing looking to win possession back and he'll take the throw in Baum and McFadden having a very heated exchange between the two of them perhaps a lack of communication and defence again we've seen Cunningham has 
starting to pull all the strings with McGonagall in the second half. One of them is going to feel unlock this defence of Harmony Row. Yeah, definitely. The two of them are linking up. It's quite similar to the first half where um, it was Harmony Row who had players linking up with each other, Haddo and um, Burbridge. But in this half, it's uh, it's St Peter's asking all the questions. They're doing all the all the creative work, all the link up, all you know, imposing themselves in this game, trying to get themselves back into it and. Um, it's going to be one of those two you feel they've, they've been absolutely superb in the second half. Once again, we had Stephen Young finding the ball well from a, a set piece, the throw in, finding Young's chest, but again, the direction and choice of pass was not the one that was required to keep the attack going. It ends up going miles out of uh, Burbage's reach, and St. Peter's have the chance to regain possession. It's with McGonagall who has dropped, perhaps the deepest he's dropped all, all in this half with the ball at his feet goes long over the top looking to get in behind Whelan cuts it out though as he looked for Cunningham and Baum now looks for Cunningham in the same avenue again cut out by Whelan who's done well so far Bolton moves the ball back to the left back and he manages to evade the tackle of Cunningham and he now looks to play it down to the substitute McBride his pass is errant but it'll be pulled back for a free kick there I missed that one Paul no I've never seen anything there either nobody's complaining so uh, something must have happened um, Absolutely late challenge. Could have been, could have been. I think it's interesting in this game that um, St Peter's have really come into this game now that they're actually playing the ball on the deck. In the first half, it was more aerial, but they're actually playing some really good passing football in the second half, and that seems to have helped them take control of this game. There's more uh, creativity and ability than we've kind of seen in the first half, and they've taken taken control of the game. They've been excellent. Yes, we've seen, of course, Paul Hewitt playing up front for St. Peter's. He is capable with the ball at his feet as St. Peter's make a substitute for his number six coming on, Daniel Birrell, who has replaced the left-back, Liam O'Kane. So that could just be perhaps that O'Kane is struggling to deal with Burbage, or it could be that Anthony Quinn has moved back to the left-back position as we see the, the small Daniel Birrell take up a more central position here and immediately commits a foul. Anyone see Steven Gerrard the other week <laughs> at Anfield, you know, in the in the derby, just like that, so on and within minutes, he has committed a foul. Wonder if the referee, it looks as though he's just going to give him a word, that's probably the best idea, it would be unfair to book him so early, but maybe look to try and stamp some authority in that midfield. It looks as though there's been some sort of change of formation here, it looks as though it could be Quinn back to left back and McGonagall perhaps out to the left side. We'll see soon just how, how it pairs up. But Birrell, who has came on, definitely has taken up a left a, a central position taking over from Leo McCain at left back. And it's now in that position that Leo McCain has v vacated that Burbage is having some joy. Gets to the byline and tries to cut it towards the front post. Young was lurking, but it's cleared away and it finds McKinnon though for Harmony Row and it get, finds the feet of Stephen Young, turns away from his run, goes for the left foot shot, gets a deflection, it's going to be a corner, Stephen Young again he's, when he turns and gets the shot he, he definitely has the ability to cause problems but sometimes his decision making has been lacking today. Yeah I would say so, that's the only criticism we could have of him because obviously he's got a bit of ability he's got good touch, he's, he's, he can see passes and uh, he's got presence, he can hold the ball up well bit of pace as well but um, sometimes he just chooses the wrong option. You can you can see the the World Cup pass or the World Cup shot, but not quite pull it off. Ah, uh, dinked ball in towards Luke Whelan. It's cleared away. It's going to fall back to Bolton, who goes for the shot. But that's a lovely challenge by Dino Donnell, who has done well since he came on. Unfortunately, he's not going to win the throw-in that he believes is the correct decision. And a lot of gesturing coming from both sides of fans here. And. It looks as though it definitely will be given a throw-in to Harmony Row, so they'll have a chance to keep this pressure up from the right-hand side of 
St Peter's defence and the, the wing which Jamie Cunningham has dominated so much in this second half McAdee has had little joy and St Peter's do win the ball back immediately the, the right back Daniel Baum who has been fairly uh, solid in this game so far it's now though on Hammy Rowe's right hand side Burbage again trying to work the middle of the field as he cuts inside and he now finds a substitute McBride goes for the long range shot but it's going to drift over the bar a bit of a snapshot trying to see the headlines there again Paul yeah there was better things he could have done in that situation um, I think if you're Hamner Rowe you want to hold on to the ball as much as you possibly can up in that side of the pitch because they've been under the cosh a fair bit in the second half um, and they do have players who can who can cause problems sometimes when they get into the final third they just kind of they're a wee bit too hasty to have a, a pop at goal when they can maybe work something a wee bit more clear cut um, but that could be a lot down to uh, the way St Peter's have played the second half as well because they've been on top of them right from the word go pretty much St Peter's enjoying more possession here in the in their own half and of course this game playing being played at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium uh, of course a Scottish League One club currently and they're hosting the Scottish Youth Football Association's Scottish Cup final sponsored by Trans World Soccer and brought to you live and exclusively by Youth Football Scotland youthfootballscotland.co.uk you can also get us on Twitter at YFST or at YFS Radio hashtag road to Airdrie is how to get involved in the discussion if you're on Facebook simply search for Youth Football Scotland you can get all the material you will need for the next three weekends of Scottish Youth Football action here at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium and now we have St Peter's attacking with some Venom, it looked like, but McGonagall again, his range of passing today hasn't been what we would expect of someone expected to pull the strings, which is maybe why Cunningham's be giving a bigger role in this second half and orchestrating the play. Ball kind of skidded off the surface there, didn't it? Didn't give him much chance to get, in, to get on top of it. Uh, conditions playing a part, but he's seen the pass, which was um, the, the main thing, and not able to capitalise this time, but... You know, the, the the more they play like this, the more you feel like they're going to get some good chances. And indeed, they've managed to open up Hamiro through the middle. Ian Padsom came charging through with the stud held high there. McGonagall was able to evade it and find the pass. But again, Hamiro do manage to scramble their lines clear. Ian Patterson, for all the experience, he hasn't had the most solid of games today, Paul. No, he hasn't. But he has been here before. When it, when it does get to the final stages of the game, and it's still 1-0, you've been looking to guys like him to step up and get them over the line. So um, experience can be vital in these kind of situations, especially when you're under the cosh like this. Harmony Rowe with 11 men behind the ball. Stephen Young working towards over the right-hand side. Bohm goes for the high ball, looking for Hewitt. Hewitt tries to get the flick on with the outside of his boot. Still has possession, but it will be scooped up by Scott Jackson. Eventually, Hewitt tries to get round the outside, and both are tussling there. Just a bit of handbags. I suppose it's a perfect example of handbags between both <laughs> players. It'll be a... Looks as though he has given the free kick. Scott Jackson seems to be claiming innocence, as does Hewitt, but indeed the free kick goes in the verdict of Harmony Row, and mm. they were both at it. Yeah, if you're going to give anything, it has to be a drop ball there, I think, because they were both at it, they were both had to hold each other, twisting each other around. You know, it's, it's needless stuff, but I don't see why the free kick's been given to Harmony Row, but... There you go. They lose possession anyway, and St. Peter's have the ball right in the middle of the centre circle. McDonald looks for McGonagall. McGonagall advancing towards the edge of the box, manages to do some great feet, and looks for Dean O'Donnell, but he scuffs his pass. Dean O'Donnell battling though with McKinnon, and he wins the ball on the edge of the box. On the left-hand side, looks for Burrow, who's came on as a substitute, gives up possession though to Burbage. That's not the best of ideas late in this game now. And it's good feet from Bolton, who now tries to chip pass into the path 
path of Burbage, but it's too high and too long for him to catch on to the end of it. Burbage has been completely isolated in this second half. He's had little to no support, and St. Peter's have completely dominated proceedings. They do, though, relinquish possession in the middle of the park. Hamnero coming over the halfway line, looking for Scott Jackson, but again... St. Peter's more than adept at cutting out the pass and Bomb with a little cut inside on the Cafu cut inside there to evade the, the tackle of Scott Jackson and it falls back to Cunningham. He has Bomb who's advanced ahead of him. Cunningham finds McGonagall, takes it down on the right foot in the centre of the park, looks for Quinn down that left hand side Look, definitely playing as though he's, he's just playing that he's got that full left wing to himself Anthony Quinn, he is, he is tracking back to help, he has that full left wing to himself so quite an unorthodox formation that St Peter's are playing, but so far it's working, Hewitt moves the ball to Bohm, Bohm on this right hand side from the right back position, looks to go for Dino Donnell there who perhaps just didn't quite think he would get onto that ball didn't quite gamble enough, and I suppose with this ball skidding on this park as the rain still continues to come down in Airdrie maybe no chance of getting it anyway yeah but you would like to think with a Scottish Cup final you just hurl yourself at it because you never know it might put the goalkeeper off or something like that that's how we've seen the first goal of course the, he hurled his, hurled his body at it did Kieran Blackwood managed to ensure the ball came in off him and he was he was the first man to be substituted and we now see another substitution for Harm Miro maybe perhaps with St Peter's having more possession they're suffering a bit on the fitness side of things or they're wanting to get back on the front foot so it's going to be Kyle Fitzpatrick who comes on for harm for Harmony Row. He will replace Jamie McIntyre, who looked good in the first half and and has looked good in spells in the second half. But he just I, I get both wings haven't been effective for Harmony Row and I'm guessing they're thinking Burbage has more of a chance of opening up the defence. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's what St Peter's have done well in the second half. They've managed to take the the, the best players that Harmony Row have out of the game and it's allowed them to completely control and uh, that's that's why all these guys have been substituted. Burbridge is still there because you need that, but right now he's he's looking kind of not involved in the game at all, really. Very frustrated. Another pass in his direction. Again, when we say in his direction, they're, they're really just playing anything towards the right side. It's not been to his feet, and when it's been played in front of him, it's been played 10, 15 yards in front of Burbage. We know he has pace, but he certainly hasn't been able to get onto some of these passes which have just been too errant as Crichton spreads it to the right-hand side to Cunningham, tries to flick it round the outside of... down the inside, rather, of Luke Whelan. Of course, a right-footer playing at left-back. Wins the throw-in, though, does Cunningham and has to chase the ball all the way down to the uh, almost the corner flag to take the throw-in. Bohm is gesturing to come forward and take it. Looks as though he'll just offer the short option, however. Cunningham still with the ball in his hands. Has Crichton and Burrell both in the in the middle of the park for him. Tries to go for the nutmeg through the substitute McBride there, who's had a couple of touches since he's came on, but hasn't been able to affect the game much. McGonagall goes for a looping ball towards the box, and Patterson is there to clear away. McGonagall gets the second ball, but his header is errant, and it eventually falls to the feet of Hamner Roll, but St. Peter's will pick up the loose ball and send it back to McDonald in the and again, that's Anthony Quinn caught waiting on the ball. Can't claim for a foul there. Another meaty challenge comes in from McKinnon. It looks as though Quinn is waiting on the ball. It's two or three times it's happened now. Yeah, but credit to McKinnon as well. Uh, Harmony Road, they need players to do that kind of thing at this, t this type in the time in the game because they're under pressure. It's getting to the final minutes now. They need to uh, keep keep this as a 1-0 a and you've got guys like McKinnon just sliding in the challenges, winning the, winning the ball and taking the pressure right off the team. Uh, St. Peter's will be disappointed, but that was really good defending there. Yes, I imagine we're in the last five minutes of this half, perhaps not including stoppage time. So it will be a case of now or never for St. Peter's. And if Hamnero can 
keep possession and keep the pressure away from their own box, they could see the Scottish Cup returning to Sir Alex uh, Ferguson's memorial uh, ground in the, in the hands of Harmony Rowe. They have won the ball back. It's the substitute once more. Good tackle from McGonagall, but it only falls to the feet of McBride. Cuts back inside from the left onto his right foot. Only the cross can hit Birrell's chest. He claims for the foul as the tackle comes in from Fitzpatrick. Nothing given. It's still on the left wing here. With Bolton, the central midfielder, who's drifted out to the left. Comes back to Whelan. Plays the pass into the feet of McBride. Clear the way, though, by St. Peter's. And it's a nice back heel by Crichton, who hasn't done much in this half. He's let McGonagall and Cunningham take possession. But McGonagall, again, another errant pass. And Quinn has to battle for it with Bolton. He won the free kick. Could see another ball launched into the box here. They're going to have to do something now. It's getting to, getting towards the last gasp stage. They're going to have to throw bodies in there, get some good delivery, and see if they can uh, get something on target. Uh, they hit the post earlier on from a kind of knockdown situation, so they need to try and do the same thing again, try and get themselves on this score sheet because it's it's nearly time. The, another substitution coming up for St Peter's now, and it, indeed it is Quinn who has somewhat struggled in the second half. So Anthony Quinn comes off the number 11, and it's the number 17, Neil McCallum, who comes on. Looks as though he's going to... He's, he's not going to go and attack this free kick, it seems. He's lucky on the edge of the box, so we'll see if he has any effect. McDonald wins a flick on, claims for handball against McKinnon there, but he just gets rid of the ball as quick as he can. And... Hamilton's not taking any chances from these set pieces where both teams have looked vulnerable today. Yes, St. Peter's need to make these work now. And they've had quite a lot of opportunities to get the ball into dangerous areas. And they have a couple of times, but quite a few times as well, where they've not cleared the first man or it's, it's not been properly uh, assert, asserted. It could be a chance for Hamilton Row to seal the win. And mm. Burbage claims furiously for a free kick there and it would have been a red card he managed to capitalise on some lacklustre defending as St Peter's now look to bomb forward and they move over the halfway line what's your view of that one Paul? Final re referees let them away with that one there that was that was one on one for me it looked like he was taken down there was no reason for him to go down he had the ball under control was running through on goal and you'd expect him to put the game to bed but it did look like a foul to me I think the referees let that one slide again he must he must think that this St Peter's defenders have won the ball there because otherwise he would have had to have booked Burbage for diving. Long ball goes into the box from the left wing. Falls back out to Burrell after the initial clearance and Burrell's pass is errant and can't find anyone but the feet of right-back McKinnon. Burbage's touch though from the long pass is off and it's into the feet of Crichton. Forge McFadge in the centre half. Not who you want to fall to uh, the ball to fall to in this time and he can't find the pass towards the feet of Cunningham. Crichton will just keep this pass in. That was... Uh, some very good work from the midfielder there who's not had as much influence on the ball in the second half. Hewitt goes up for the long pass with Dean O'Donnell. Stephen Greer manages to get the header away and then Patterson launches the ball towards Burbage here who could open his legs and try and seal this win. Has the ball on the right-hand side, right at the touchline here, advancing now towards the byline, wins the throw and good play from Burbage right into the corner. Ticking the clock down, Harmony Rope. Scottish yep. Cup's coming closer. Yep, that's what you need to do in that kind of situation. He's the kind of guy that can do that for you. Getting right up to the corner, uh, winning, winning the, the throw-in, taking an age to get up there, and uh, just killing this game, getting over the line, doing what you need to do. So it'll be a throw-in for Hamley Row on the right-hand side here, right at Airdrie's Excelsior Stadium, where the Scottish Cup final was in the final few moments. 
St. Peter's still trailing one goal to nothing against Hamnero playing in red and white. That famous strip that has been so successful in recent years. Five of the last ten Scottish Cups have fallen the way of Hamnero and we could see them manage to retain the Scottish Cup for the sixth time in 11 encounters. We see the next teams coming in, of course the next game at 2 o'clock live on YFS Radio, at YFS Radio. You can also check all of the material on Youth Football Scotland's website at youthfootballscotland.co.uk Twitter at YFST is there as is, is the organisation's full and proper Twitter and you can get hashtag Road to Airdrie for discussion and it was a poor pass there from the free kick by St Peter's in the relinquished possession and eventually the whistle is blown Santamiro after a valiant effort by St Peter's in the second half secure Scottish Cup victory the game finished with a whimper but what a fantastic defensive display in the second half by Harmonero the goal in the first half sealed it for them Harmonero won their 6th Scottish Cup at 11 attempts what a fantastic day for these boys winners of the Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup Finals at the under 21's age group we'll hand you back to Camilla Stephen and Callum for their post-match analysis from Paul and myself and all from YFS Radio for this first for this first Scottish Youth Cup final. Thanks very much for enjo- for joining us. Back to you, Camilla. Thank you very much, Ryan and Paul. The crowds are standing up, and Harmony Row are celebrating on the the very wet pitch um, as they come up victors of the SWF Youth Cup Finals uh, under 21s they've beaten St Peter's uh, Juvenile Githnick North in this under 21s final uh, it was a valiant performance from uh, St Peter's but unfortunately they just couldn't make it and it's a it's a sixth victory in 11 years for Harmony Row and uh, what a match it was I'm joined by Stephen Mayer and Callum Patterson again to give us analysis of the second half of the game and uh, a big congratulations to Harmony Row, Stephen, what did you make of the second half? You were you were following uh, St Peter's Juveniles, Gifnick, um North. Now, w- what did you make of their performance? Because it was a, a much better performance than the than the first half. And you know, you said that they really needed to come out with some passion, and they certainly did that. Callan, would you agree with that? Harmony Row. Um, I mentioned with Harmony Row at half time that they might sort of slip back into being a little bit more defensive possibly the last 15-20 minutes it looked like they'd done that for most of the second half they kind of really settled sat back and weren't quite so offensive um, with their attack and play and, and fair play to St Peter's they really got in the mix and and caused problems I think that, that we could have really been an extra time if, if they took one of their, their chances that they had but no, I think Harrow maybe with the, the way they excelled in that first half just done enough just I mean with the skin in their teeth um, I think we, we lost that microphone for a little while, so we didn't hear uh, your first thoughts on the game, so we might come back to you, to you Stephen, to sum up you know, what, you, what you thought of that game. Uh, yeah, I think Harmony Row deserve winners in the end. The St Peter's did come into their own as uh, the fans are applauding them just now and they're getting their medals. But um, Harmony Row weathered the storm. St Peter's managed to get more of a threat. They had more belief, as we were saying. They made the change. They had O'Donnell up front partnering uh, Hewitt and that did make a bit of difference and um, they did come flying out the traps in the second half but Harmony Row weathered the storm, had chances of their own through Young uh, just narrowly wide from very close range uh, and I think deservedly winners in the end. Um, Mark Mark Burbridge was somebody that we completely singled out in the first half, a very dangerous player. Didn't really see much of the ball this half? No, I think um, if there's any real threat in that second half, Hamro didn't have Burbridge was still trying to go down that wing. I think, as I say, they were playing probably 
sort of 10 yards further back in some respects. But I think Burbridge, for me, would probably still get the man of the match. I think he, he done superbly well. In fact, I think if Carmen Hanno didn't go off, he'd have been sort of up there, but he went off fairly alone in that second half. So in a close call, but I think Burbridge did enough to, to get the man of the match for me. Uh, it was still influential. If they did try and break and get away from danger, they did try and run it down that right or wing channel. He did have one or two crosses early on in that first, uh, early on in the second half as well. So uh, for me, he was still probably the star player on that pitch. Did, did you think it was a bit of a weird decision to take Haddo off? I thought so. I mean, it was kind of summed up quite well in the commentary, just uh, Paul being quite rational and taking the devil's advocate view, maybe just uh, maybe run out of steam a little bit. But I thought out of uh, all the players in that second half, with the deliveries in the box as well, I think he was still probably the... I, th I think he could have probably done another 10 minutes on the pitch, but he, he played re really well. He'd be second behind me for man of the match, behind Burbridge. And uh, Stephen, what about you? Who was your man of the match? Uh, I think Jamie Cunningham was really good. Um, passing the ball about he was just really really resilient and uh, just typical of this Harmony Row team. Well uh, you, you've been agreed with by the commentary team of Paul Elliott and Ryan Rowe who have also named Jamie Cunningham man of the match um, so I'm going to take a 3v1 there Callum and I'm going to give man of the match to Jamie Cunningham. Uh, right now Harmony Row are just about to receive their trophy. Uh, the boys in blue couldn't do it on this occasion. Uh, they They'd beat Harmony Row earlier in the season one nil, and this time in the in the Scottish Cup finals, where it all counts, Harmony Row are the victors this time. So I'm just going to go through the teams that played today, um, and the, the we'll start with uh, St Peter's Juveniles Giffnick North. So ten Liam McGonagall, four Michael McDonald, five Christopher McFadgen, eight Jamie Cunningham. That was our man of the match today. Fifteen Michael Murray, nine Paul Hewitt, three Liam O'Kane, seven Liam Crichton. 1 Daniel McLean, 12 Martin Paul, 6 Daniel Beryl, 11 Anthony Quinn, 17 Neil McCallum, 2 Hal Baum, 19 Dean O'Donnell and 20 Gordon Wayne. And for the Scottish Cup under 21's winners, Harmony Row FC, we had number 1 Callum Easton, 2 Daniel McKinnon, 3 Luke Whelan, 4 Stephen Greer, 5 Ian Patterson, 6 Scott Jackson, 7 Mark Burbridge, 8 Grant Bolton, 12 Stephen Young, 10 Cameron Haddo, 11 Ross McKinty, 9 Kieran Blackwood, who unfortunately scored that. Well, he scored the winning goal, so well done to him, but he was taken off in a stretcher. Um, 16 Greg McBride, 14 Grant Gaddy, 15 Gary Nugent, and 17 Kyle Fitzpatrick. And we are all just receiving their medals at the moment. Um, the rain is still pouring down here at the Airdrie Excelsior Stadium, and we are going to be. Uh, performing live coverage again of the under-16s final between Hutchison Vale and Spartans Reds FC, which will be starting at 2 o'clock. But just now we are celebrating the victors of this under-21 Trans World Soccer Scottish Youth FA Cup. And they are Harmony Row. And just as they reach for the trophy, I'm going to thank all of our commentary team today. So Callum Patterson and Stephen Mayer, thank you so much for providing us with brilliant analysis. And to Ryan Rowe and Paul Elliott, uh, thank you very much for your brilliant coverage. And uh, that's them lifting the trophy now. And a huge congratulations to Harmony Rowe for winning the Scottish Cup. Thanks very much for listening and we'll be rejoining you at about 10 to 2.